Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your plug fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Certain dates echo throughout history that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were when our democracy came under assault. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. <laughs> Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm? This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. One officer called it, quote, medieval battle. He was more afraid that day than he was fighting the war in Iraq. I doubt it. You are fake news. Go home, bitch. Very fake news. I agree with that. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Uh, breaking news. Two pieces, actually. The first, AOC has tested positive for coronavirus. This, after spending the holidays partying maskless in Miami. Which, of course, means what? It's going to be Florida's fault. Watch them blame Ron DeSantis's reckless policies. I'm sure Ron DeSantis got corona on her boyfriend's foot, which in turn infected AOC. And all of the rest of us haters will have sexual fantasies about how this possibly could have happened. Well, she was sucking on his toes, so... One might assume. Plus, uh, we were just discussing it before live here. Bob Saget has died, apparently. Uh, just found dead in a hotel room in Orlando, breaking within the last few hours. Authorities say no signs of foul play or drugs, but I have no more information than that. Weird. Yeah, he it's was 65. Comedians. That's not that old. It's also not young, though. You know, things can happen. So in a hotel room, no one dies in a hotel room unless they were having some kind of coke fueled orgy oh i forgot my parents are letting all the kids watch tonight so i have to keep it together <laughs> i think they're eating dinner right now that was the last thing i will keep that in mind all right but in the rest of the news this week the supreme court heard the vaccine mandate case on friday two of them really but they're kind of rolled in together uh, we will cover uh what the expected or forthcoming decision might be but we got to take some time to discuss how the left-wing judges um, just said several completely insane things, including Sonia Sotomayor, who thinks uh, this country's hospitals are apparently overflowing with Omicron children. So uh, I, I, 
instead of fact checks on a lot of, I guess I should be fair. There are some fact checks out there. There's also um, defenses of Sonia Sotomayor saying, well, should a Supreme Court justice really have to be accurate? This isn't a policy uh, debate in Congress. Yes. Why would we even fact check this sort of thing? They legislate and, from the bench. They need to know stuff. And the real answer is a layer beyond that. Or uh, the, the real answer is no legislating from the bench. The real answer is I don't care if she's right or wrong because that opinion, that matter of fact, is irrelevant to what they're doing. But we will uh, we'll hear what they had to say. Plus, uh, the Democrats get together and tell their January 6th war stories at their anniversary festival. Uh, it, it ended up being exactly what we all expected it to be. But yeah. Alec Baldwin over the weekend swooped in with yet another ill-advised Instagram video. I can't say that he, he said that right wingers are attacking him in January 6th style. That's what Alec Baldwin said. We'll get to that in a what minute. Does that even mean? He's a quasi victim of January. So they 6th. trespassed on their lawn and like took a dump on it. And that was it. No, they just said uh, they just now that there are children watching. They just said F you Alec on <laughs> Instagram. Oh, no. And a crazy story. An Illinois cop is murdered with her own gun in what to me sounds sort of like a reverse Kim Potter. She yeah. came under attack and tried to run away. And the perpetrators took her gun and executed her. Oh, yeah. In a horrific manner, she was begging for her life. And then the other yeah. guy got shot in the neck. Um, you know, if this went the other way and she got the gun back and then shot these people, they would erect statues in their honor in Philadelphia of course. or something. And she's a racist Stop. and she would go to prison with Kim Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, um, we have some hoax hate adjacent stories. Uh, and tonight's movie review is Reservoir Dogs. So stick around for that. And of course, we will catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. The show store is uh, up and running as well. Don't forget about that. We have T-shirts. We have mugs. We have hats. We have it all. Plus, uh, we have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Western Razor Company. Everyone knows how many options are out there for shaving products, but they all seem like they come from uh, they come with huge compromises. Most razors sold today are made in China by global global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. I'm talking about the new high noon safety razor from Western Razor. Not only is it made in America, but it uses widely available double-edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s. Until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method made out of 100% metal in the USA. Western Razor's high noon razor is a, fan, a fantastic way to buy American and save money in the long term. Get one today and get 10% off uh, a Western Razor uh, using promo code MATT10. 10% off westernrazor.com promo code matt10 you can find everything you need from western razor plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses like charity swipes hero soap company phoenix ammunition and more that's over at uh, mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals deals for listeners by listeners and speaking of uh businesses out there you wanted to mention one in your area that is um facing some difficulty or facing 
facing loss of business because of their standing up to the uh, vaccine yeah. injustices. I should be clear that they are not sponsoring the show. Yeah. Nobody asked me to do this except for my mom like 40 times. Um, but there's this company in, I think it's in Puyallup. Uh, it's called Bee Kings. It's beekings.com and they have all of this uh the honey and some honey products. And they are the only company that I've heard of out there that they're just refusing all the COVID stuff. They aren't going to any conventions because they require vaccinations. And they've made this big Facebook post about how they're like, they're not doing any of this stuff anymore. How am I going to get through the show? This is not a kid friendly show. It's not <laughs> mom and dad turn this off. It's, it's really their fault. Yeah, I know. Ah, oh, This is going to be a whole thing anyway. So I did want to bring it up on the show and see if we can get some business their way, because out in Washington, I'm sure they are suffering and I'm sure that they are getting some political backlash for the stuff that they've said about the vaccine mandate. And I ordered a bunch of their honey and it is delicious. And apparently their hand cream is really good, too. It's beekings.com. Um they're in the Pacific Northwest, and I think they have a Texas store, too. Looks like it. Yeah. Canton, Texas. And I don't know how to pronounce that town in Washington, but you could Pew probably Wallop. tell. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. Pew Wallop. Pew, who knows? That sounds good enough to me. Also have some uh, meetups this week. And uh, I would say uh, a handful of ultra rare meetups. Um, the first one here is in Cairo, Egypt. Apparently, two members of the Blondes Hens Telegram chat happened to be in Cairo and they went sailing on the Nile. We definitely haven't had one like that before. Apparently, one of these ladies is on a trip around the world arranged on the fly after her previously scheduled cruise banned her for refusing the vaccine and I guess are still denying her a refund presently. I so, hope she cool. has a, a male escort. I hope these girls have male escorts. I'm pretty sure they do. It sounds risky to me, but Godspeed and <laughs> thank you for uh, keep your heads, you girls. Pick. Yeah, keep your heads. Uh, the occasionally mentioned Wyoming winter camp meetup did happen, perhaps not as hardcore as it would have been, but it did still happen. I'm told uh, the guys tried to go up Curtis Gulch, but uh, got stuck on a mountain pass. So they opted for a normal campground on the North Platte River. I am impressed with any winter camping in Wyoming. So hope you guys had a good time. And this is probably the rarest of all possible meetups, which is a meetup at a California gun range way How out in the desert possible? outside uh, of San Diego. Wow. So I assume cool. it was California compliance all around, but, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, if you'd like to find listeners of the show in your area, you can check out the community page of the website. Uh, that's mattchristiansandmedia.com slash community. And now on to what really matters in the news of the week, which is, of course, um, the the latest on the Brandon car. We have to get an update on the Brandon car in NASCAR. Uh, recall last week, Brandon Brown of Let's Go Brandon fame announced that the cryptocurrency Let's Go Brandon coin was his new primary car sponsor. On Tuesday, NASCAR said that uh, Brown's announcement was premature and NASCAR will not be allowing the Let's Go Brandon car because uh, ah, as NASCAR president Steve Phelps said earlier last year, NASCAR does not want to be promoting any political statements. And then the next day, NASCAR announced that it has a new partnership with a gay advocacy organization. So no LGB, but LGBT plus is not just fine. It's promoted. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. On Wednesday, NASCAR announced a partnership with the Carolinas LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce, quote, 
NASCAR is excited to partner with the Carolinas LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce, said Brandon Thompson, NASCAR's vice vice president of diversity and inclusion. Even NASCAR has an executive devoted to diversity and inclusion, quote, with NASCAR offices and much of our industry based in the Carolinas, we look forward to working with. Oh, that's the name of the Chamber of Commerce, CLGBTCC. I was wondering if a bunch of C's got added to the usual acronym, but that's referring to that Chamber of Commerce organization in support of its mission to to foster equity, inclusion and economic prosperity for the LGBTQ community. OK. Well, uh, shock of shocks, Andrew Cuomo got away with his uh Whatever he was, whatever he was grabbing on his interns or, you know, whatever ass grabs or nipple twists he did, there will not be any uh, charges because they've been dropped. She was an executive assistant. Ah, this this Camiso chick. But the charges um, from Brittany Camiso have been dropped, it looks like. Uh, And she alleged we talked about this a few months ago, a pattern of inappropriate conduct that began with flirtatious and sexually aggressive comments escalated to hugging her tightly, kissing her on the cheek sometimes turning his head to brush her lips, then touching her butt and then massaging her butt while taking a selfie with her and then eventually grabbing her boob under the shirt, she says. Is she the one with the husband who just stood there? I think so. Was that her? I forget. I can't remember. There, there were so many allegations. But once again, you know, you wouldn't be getting sexually harassed in the workplace if you weren't in the workplace, women. So I That's, don't know what uh, to tell you here. That thinking guy meme. That's it. That's it right There's there. a lesson I can pass to my daughter and all the little girls <laughs> watching out there. Uh, so, yeah, charges dropped. The Albany District Attorney has decided against going forward with a forcible touching charge. While we found the complainant in this case cooperative and credible, after review of all available evidence, we've concluded that we cannot meet our burden at trial. As such, we've notified the court that we're declining to prosecute this matter and requesting the charges filed by the Albany County Sheriff be dismissed. Um, and then I believe... Two other prosecutors' officers did the same thing. They declined to charge Cuomo over different allegations that occurred in their jurisdiction. So this is so all falling apart. He's clear. There will not be any yeah, nothing's prosecution, at least for <laughs> at least for his office transgressions. Though, again, it's hilarious that this is the thing that was even uh, flirted with going after him for in the context of all the other things he did. Yeah. Um, specifically, the way he handled Corona and got a bunch of grandmas killed, but he's the hero and everyone else is the villain. Uh, I don't I understand about half of what's going on with this trans swim war. So there's it's this okay. fan- I put a comment on the article that will illuminate everything for everyone. I had to read okay. the article like 40 times to figure out what was going on. So you guys remember Penn transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. Too bad. I really like that name, but she's hmm. just he is just ruined. It. I had to change all the she's to he's just so that this made sense to me who had been crushing his competition since joining the women's swim team. After three years swimming as a biological male, he met his match on Saturday in the 100 meter freestyle during a tri meet with Yale and Dartmouth. And this Yale, uh, Yale's Isaac Hennig um, is a male to female transgender, but is in the process of transitioning. Isn't so that the reverse? Well, one of them is the actually- reverse, but he's not he's not on hormones or she's not. On one hormones, of them's a dude honest. and one of them's actually a chick, right? One of them is a biological male and one of them is a biological okay, female. Okay. They're both transitioning to the opposite genders. Right, right. Okay. But the female to male has just had her breasts removed and she hasn't done hormone therapy. Oh, I got you. Okay. So she can still compete on the women's team. Uh, and this male to female tranny kicked the pants off of this f- 
wait, wait, no, the female, the female beat tranny. the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beat the guy in a shocking twist. Yeah. Anyway, for all of you that are confused, um, the top comment says, am I reading this right? A person born as a female transitioning to a male beat a person born as a male transitioning to a female. That's it. That's the And that's one. the correct that's understanding that's correct. of what happened. Yeah. 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 Because I, I originally thought that it was two guys fighting for domination over a competition with chicks, but that's not what it is. It's not what it is. It's a chick who beat a guy who's transitioning or is transitioned to be a chick. Yeah. But both of them beat all the other chicks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the the female to male like whooped Leah Thomas. By like three seconds or something like that. And which Leah is Thomas just had just dominated prior <clears throat> swim meets, beating other beating women by like th- 30 second margins. Yeah, so. totally. But I don't understand if this male to female, it looks like a dude. So I, at some point she had to be on hormone therapy. Maybe she's just not on hormone therapy right now. So or maybe, maybe she... D- who knows? Maybe it was on hormone therapy. Isn't there like then, a threshold they have to do or something? Can you do, is it like just a little bit there? of doping? I don't know. Do <laughs> they you, blood tests? I don't know. I don't something? know how it's handled, but, uh, all right. But in, well, in any this case, is this clown is world nonsense. What? This has to be accelerationist good news, even though it's not quite dudes dominating chicks in athletic competition. It's some variant of that. I just want to go back to a world where workplace sexual harassment isn't a prosecutable offense, you know, (laughs) not all this weird tranny stuff. I just want to go back to a world where I don't have to look at this face anymore. But moving (laughs) on, uh, the sentencing in the Ahmaud Arbery case happened on Friday. Recall father and son, Michael and Travis uh, McMichael, father. uh, Did I get this right? Now I'm all twisted. (laughs) It's not. I put Michael McMichael. That's obviously not right. It's. Father Gregory, son Travis yeah. McMichael, yeah, and yeah. their friend uh, William Roddy Bryan were convicted in November for the February 2020 killing of Ahmad Arbery. All three were sentenced to life in prison with only Roddy Bryan having the possibility of parole. Though even in uh, Roddy Bryan's case, it's effectively life because he won't be eligible for parole for 30 years and he's currently 52. So it's very realistic that he just dies in prison. Oh, so man. all of them will be behind bars uh, pretty much forever. Roddy Bryan having an outside shot at getting out in his advanced years. Uh, We will get to the January uh, 6th anniversary festivities later in the show, but to update uh, in another legal case, that being uh, Alec Baldwin and the the shooting, uh, his shooting on his uh, movie set Rust. As I mentioned, Alec posted yet another ill-advised Instagram uh, video. Not um, not exactly claiming to be a January 6th victim directly, but claiming to be a victim of the same sort of right wing hate that was. What does that even mean? Jan- well, he will explain it to you in a very sensible way. That's clearly understandable. Here's Alec. The best way, the only way we can honor the death of Helena Hutchins is to find out the truth. That's what I'm working toward, insisting on, demanding. Any suggestion that we're not complying, myself and uh, any lawyers I'm working with or what have you, is a lie. I have no worries about that. I have no worries about that. That's all going to work itself out, regardless of what they say in these right-wing rag sheets and people who are all about hate. But setting aside all the, the hate, Setting aside all the January 6th of it all. There it is. 
Is the video working for you, by the way? Are we still having difficulties yeah, on that? Yeah, it's working. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> did the, did that make sense to you? Or no, no. He he also looks terrible. Uh, yeah, he's posting a lot of these weird um, confessionals and denials all over Instagram and social media all the What's time. What's the deal and, with the Splenda packet? And he also looks like so, he's a, a corpse. Like what? What happened? What the hell? Uh-oh, oh, we might have an Remaining issue meeting time. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, did, what the? Well, um, that might present a problem. But I we wonder... have nine minutes to worry about. A little thing just popped up on our Zoom that says remaining meeting time, nine minutes and 43 did, seconds. Uh, what the? F- I guess there were Zoom policy changes on the fly that I was not privy to. Um, perhaps we, well, it's going to boot you out and then we're going to have to get you back in here. I apologize for that, but. Oh, I just have to rejoin? Well, I don't know. I might have to restart the whole thing. But oh, man, what well, we'll see in nine minutes. Let's insanity. continue as normal. <laughs> All right. Well, there's always a wrinkle and uh, a little bit of duct tape necessary, but we will carry on. So what was on that Splenda packet? I can't, I... So, so, yeah, he's holding up this Splenda packet. And the whole point of the video is that he says he being Alec, someone came up to me and gave me a very nice note on a Splenda packet about how good of a guy I am and how I should have a nice day. Um, that was the the point of his uh, four or five minute Instagram video. Now, it's hard to see in the video frame exactly what's on the Splenda packet. But one Reddit user has provided a an enhanced high res image of that Splenda packet. It says, uh, hey, Alec, what does it feel like to kill someone? <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, I, I highly doubt that any of that even happened. That, yeah, that, some, that someone this note is probably a fabrication itself that someone just saw yeah. Alec Baldwin. I'm going to go up and give him an encouraging note, I bet. But we uh, we shall see what um, what happens with Alec Baldwin. Of course, uh, we still the, the, the D.A. in Santa Fe County has still not um, has still not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cleared him of of any possible charges. And uh, and they're still supposed to be searching that phone. I don't know if it's the same phone that he used to record the video or not. Let's see. Um, before we, maybe we get ahead of this zoom issue and we do wh- a big topic. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk about the Supreme court um, court, uh, the Supreme court hearing next. And that's going to be a definitely. Do you want more me to leave a- and come back? Let's go ahead and try that and let's see what okay. happens. Okay. And thank you guys for bearing with us here. And actually I'm going to, well, I'm going to restart this entire thing and try to see if that helps. And thanks for bearing with my um, technical difficulties narration while I do it. Let's see what happens here. Let's see if we can get Blonde back in. And okay. All right. Admitted to the waiting room. All right, now we have you back in. Let me get you back up. Is it just going to do this again? Oh, well, I can just leave and come back again. Yeah, I mean, we. It, it looks like we could just do that again, but I don't know. Anyway, I guess I won't bother wondering why that happened because it's not an issue for the moment. And we can figure that out later. That's a later problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's get back to the news here. Let me get you back up. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the um, the Supreme Court hearing on the vaccine mandate cases. Uh, on Friday, the Supreme Court heard arguments in 
remember it's two cases challenging both the OSHA vaccine mandate for private businesses and the CMS mandate for healthcare facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid, which is effectively all of them. I don't want to be too alarmist up front because as we'll get to in a minute, it seems like a pretty solid bet that at least the OSHA mandate um, for private businesses is in serious doubt. So don't take any of this discussion of the uh, lefty members of the court to be worried that they are going to win the day because they probably won't. But some of the most outrageous claims and outrageous questions of the day came from the left wing justices on the court being uh, Kagan, Breyer and Sotomayor. And it was frustrating to listen to that for two reasons. Um, first, because it's false, just as a matter of fact. Right. Th- these are the self-declared uh, loyal to science people who are flat out wrong about the science. Um, but second, because none of this is actually the business of the court, the wisdom or the science of the policy is not the issue here. The issue here is whether any of this, this mandate or this pair of mandates uh, is being done legally. That's the issue here was the process by which this was put in place. Is that legal? Is that constitutionally square? Does that have a statutory basis in a law passed from Congress? That's what the court has to assess. Not is this a good idea as a matter of policy? And yet their analysis is about how obviously wise this policy is. And we'll start with Elena Kagan. Elena Kagan defied the CDC and falsely claimed that the best way to prevent transmission is the vaccine. Of course, the CDC itself acknowledges and the data on vaccination and cases would confirm vaccinated people are still spreading the virus. But here's Elena Kagan. We all know what the best policy is. I mean, by this point, two years later, we know that the best way to prevent spread is for people to get vaccinated and to prevent dangerous illness and death is for people to get vaccinated. The second best is to wear masks. So this is a policy that basically says we are still confronting thousands of people dying uh, every time we look around. And so we're going to put into place the policy that we know works best, which is to strongly incentivize vaccination and to insist that unvaccinated people will wear masks and test. I mean, that's just like, uh, why isn't that necessary? What else should be done? That's just like totally a good idea, you know, not what the Supreme Court does. We all know the best policy. First of all, we don't all know that. Second of all, best policy, not the job of the Supreme Court. The goodness it, or the it's badness. It's all about feels. Yeah. yeah the, what did you guys expect with women in positions of this? Power? Everybody was talking about, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on her name. Oh, my gosh. The newest Supreme Court justice helped me out. Uh, Coney Barrett. Yeah, uh, about how she's, you know, she's so based and everything like that. Women can't separate their their feelings from from policy and things like that. They're go- they're clearly going to introduce this into the the political realm, into the legislative realm. Barrett definitely did a better job than than Kagan and Sotomayor did, but um, and then you got Breyer to deal with too. But uh, but yeah, none of this, even if it's the most wise and best policy ever devised, okay, it's irrelevant. Constitutional question is whose <laughs> right. role is it to create the policy? It is either indisputably constitutionally is either Congress's or the state's. It is yeah. not the Supreme Court's. It is not OSHA's. Anyway, unless OSHA had some sort of specific power delegated from Congress, but that's part of the issue here. Anyway, the other thing I want to say about Kagan, note the language there. Did you catch that she said, well, this policy, quote, to strongly incentivize vaccination? Yeah, that's not convenient. T- 
Not to mandate Not to mandate, but to strongly incentivize. And how does one strongly incentivize but yeah. not mandate something? Is it through changing social norms about how we treat the unvaccinated, which is not the job of the Supreme Court anyway? Or in this case, is it through a massive fine against your business? It's like the, the bully... It's not bullying when he demands your lunch money. It's only strongly incentivizing yeah. you to hand it over. And if yeah, you really. do, he won't punch you in the face. Thanks for the strong incentives. But I expect when this decision comes down, some of the dissenting members may try to make this argument. Oh, it's not actually a mandate. It's just incentives to get vaccinated. And they'll probably rely on this, uh, on the fact that the, the, the OSHA mandate allows testing options. You don't have to get vaccinated. You could test again, but at whose cost? It's at the cost of the business and the employee. It's just a federal, it's just federal meddling um, without any constitutional basis. And you can say, well, you have the option to test. I have the option to tell you to fuck off. It's <laughs> what I have the option to do constitutionally. So, so that was um, absolute insanity. And then you have um, Stephen Breyer. And he said that 70, uh, 750 million people tested positive for Rona in one day this week. What did he even mean to say? He, in fairness, of course, he meant 750,000. No. But uh, he again spoke to the wisdom of the policy rather than the legality of the process. You heard what I asked. I mean, you know, 750 million new cases yesterday or close to that is uh, a lot. I would find it, you know, unbelievable that it could be in the public interest to suddenly stop these vaccinations. And the only answer that was given was a lot of people will quit. Uh, well, OSHA considered that. Yeah, that's right. Some people may quit, maybe 3%. But more may quit when they discover they have to work together with unvaccinated others, because that means they may get the disease. So everybody in the country tested positive for Rona twice on Thursdays. Apparently the math <laughs> here. Everybody, every single person got it twice. And yeah, as I mentioned, I know he means 750,000, but two questions. Uh, number one, how does that then demonstrate the vaccine's effectiveness? We have more right. people vaccinated than ever, and we also have more cases than ever. But second, who cares, at least from a Supreme Court perspective, who cares? Again, is it the Supreme Court's job to say X amount of cases invalidates the Constitution as the supreme law of the land and the processes uh, that it allows and does not allow. There's no X amount of cases that means this is no longer the domain of the states and potentially Congress. That number yeah. doesn't exist. I don't care if it's a million bajillion zillion people who got Corona. Does not matter. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. So, okay. And then I love how he says that too at the end. Uh, well, uh, the, the, you guys are worried that people are going to quit because of these mandates. Well, OSHA considered that and they said, yeah, 3% of people will quit. So it's not a big deal. People might quit on either side of this policy. That's true. They might quit because they don't want to get vaccinated. They might quit because they don't want to work with unvaccinated people. Again, whose decision is that to make? Is that the right of the individual worker to decide what accept what risk they accept in the workplace or the employer to decide how they want to protect their workers or not or the state to deal with that? Yeah. Or is it just the ultimate the ultimate wise man of all time, Stephen Breyer, sitting on his bench, <laughs> knowing everything better than every other person in the world who says, I know and constitutional process be damned. You guys are going to obey me. Is that what the constitution prescribes? They don't care. I know it's so annoying. It's just like, well, this, this policy is clearly wise. So it's, I don't care. This if, isn't annoying. This is catastrophic. There's supposed well, to be the last bastion of, yeah. of freedom preservation in this country. We're totally screwed. 
they are a minority, but the fact that any of these questions are being asked from the bench is a red flag. You're right. And it's hard to put any. And they sound so unintelligent, too. Well, so just my wait. thing was shocking. Just I could wait. not believe what I was Because it's Sonia time. All right. <laughs> Nobody was more embarrassing than Sonia Sotomayor, who claimed that 100,000 children are hospitalized with Omicron. One awkwardness of this situation is that the ETS is focused on what was really a different pandemic. It's all about the Delta variant. Now we are on to Omicron. Vaccines do not appear to be very effective in stopping the spread of transmission. They are very effective in stopping severe consequences, and that's why our states strongly urge people uh, to get them. Council, those numbers show that Omicron um, is as deadly uh, and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. Look at the hospitalization rates that are going on. We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators without some workplace rules uh, with respect to vaccines or encouraging vaccines, because this is not a vaccine mandate. Tell me what's irrational about rules of that nature when it is the workplace that puts you into contact with people that will put you at risk. Okay. That's so outrageous, even if true, which is definitely not. It's irrelevant it's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. It, it's it's and it's so untrue that even PolitiFact, the Washington Post and others said, OK, I, all right, if we want to claim to be fact checkers, we got to call this one out at least rated false from PolitiFact. Here are some of the numbers again, not that these numbers really have any bearing on the legality of the of the mandate. But just to put how wrong she is into perspective, as of Friday, she said 100,000 children hospitalized with Omicron or at least in severe condition. Only 5,000 children were hospitalized with positive corona tests as of Friday. And as Dr. Fauci has noted, most of those kids are hospitalized with other things and just happen to have corona. They were tested Mm -hmm. while hospitalized. Yep. And that figure only includes, quote, suspected corona cases, not even confirmed. So seriously, of of the ones that are confirmed positive tests, that's only 3,300. So she's off by a factor of roughly 30 at best. And in fact, only 83,000 kids have been hospitalized again with Corona, not because of with Corona in the last year and a half since August 2020. So the majority of this quote unquote pandemics time has not added up in its entirety to the numbers that she's claiming from just Friday. This is how wrong are. And again, I actually don't care that they're this wrong about matters of science or or fact because that's not really their job their job is to be is to understand the constitution front to back and be clear on on the legal realities of who gets to decide what but they're not clear on that either she's again speaking to the wisdom of the policy well tell me why this policy is irrational now i think that she's i think she's speaking to the rational basis test which is a constitutional law concept but even if that's what she's talking about, that's kind of that's kind of legal jargon in that context. But even if that's what she's talking about, this is not a rational basis case. This is right. Th- there's no needed. Let's put it this way. The, the validity of the mandates does not depend on whether they pass the rational basis test or not. 
-hmm. It depends on whether the decision came from the right people or not. And it clearly did not. And Sonia Sotomayor (laughs) has no understanding of that. This is her quote on federal and state powers is astound. I mean, this is stuff. Anybody getting a political science degree should be able to answer this, this question better than Sonia Sotomayor does. Uh, she said from the bench on Friday, quote, I'm not sure I understand the distinction why the states would have the power to institute a mandate such as OSHA's, but the federal government wouldn't. And then when Ohio Solicitor General Ben Flowers began to explain that the federal government lacks police powers, Sotomayor cut him off, claiming that it has power with respect to protecting the health and safety of workers. We've accepted the constitutionality of OSHA, continued Sotomayor, who eventually insisted that the federal government has a police power to protect workers over Flowers' objections. I'm not sure where this came from, says the lady whose job it is to understand the Constitution and apparently did not read the Bill of Rights. Don't listen to the supposed expert. Go to the Yahoo article that tells you these objections are rooted in the Tenth Amendment. It's not oh me. It's right there in the text. Do you think that she truly doesn't know that? I don't know, man. I could believe either that, that she's just be. a the, the, the nefarious average American actor. layman has has this knowledge of the Constitution. I don't know about that. I. I, I wouldn't bet on that, that the average American understands the proper um, division of power between the federal and state governments, at least as the Constitution prescribes. That's quite basic, though. But that's literally her job like that. <laughs> you know, if Joe down at the gas station doesn't know, maybe that's a you know, that's an indictment on American civics education. Her not knowing here is either this. This is a nefarious actor or this is an indictment on the vetting process. The fact that this lady was nominated by a president and cleared the Senate while making ridiculous statements of ignorance like this from the bench. And these are the same people who will lecture us about not understanding the right to an abortion that you can read right. through telepathy or something. You, you could see in the penumbras uh, <laughs> if you look hard enough, but they can't be bothered to look at the actual text of the 10th Amendment. Incredible. Anyway, um, so that that's Sonia Sotomayor. And, and um, again, I, I, I brought all of that up just to understand the, the dangers that do exist on the court, but not to give you the understanding that the OSHA mandate is in any kind of good shape. Um, they, the crazies we just talked about, they're a third of the court. You have six others uh, who were much more skeptical in their reasoning. Even John Roberts was critical that Congress has never given OSHA any explicit authority in this area. And OSHA... Uh, according to John Roberts uh, questioning has never issued a vaccine mandate before Samuel Alito uh, was, he said that I'm trying to use a 50 year old law for OSHA emergency policies for this vaccine. This vaccine mandate is like trying to squeeze an elephant through a mouse hole. Clarence Thomas added that OSHA hasn't even followed the typical process of seeking public comment and input for rule changes. Kavanaugh focused his questions on the lack of explicit congressionally delegated authority as well. Amy Coney Barrett asked how an emergency can last for two years and when, if ever, the emergency that supposedly justifies this will end. And Neil Gorsuch made the only point that matters. Uh, It's not that judges are supposed to decide questions of public health, but that the court's role in this challenge to OSHA's mandate is to, quote, make sure the proper party does. Again, this is a question of who gets to decide, not whether the decision is good. Gorsuch gets that, at least. That's encouraging. Um, the the CMS one sounds much more up in the air. 
Uh, it, it does seem like a good bet that the OSHA one is going down. The numbers break down. Even if you don't trust uh, um, Roberts or Kavanaugh or maybe even Barrett or maybe even Gorsuch with, with at least one of his decisions, you can lose one and the OSHA mandate still goes down. Yeah. So I'm yeah. betting that it does. The CMS one, that's more up in the air. That That's government telling its contractors what they must do, which the government generally, uh, the federal government generally has more say in that sort of thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, oh, um, decision is expected imminently. Uh, the uh, According to CNN's reporting, the, the justices are hearing this case on a rushed basis. Uh, and so it is expected that a decision will, will be issued imminently. Uh, the mandate is expected to be or supposed to be enforced starting this week. So we could have a decision on this as early as tomorrow. Uh, or or at some point within the week. Also, um, Neil Gorsuch was the only justice not wearing a mask. This is very important, according to the Washington Post and uh, Washington Post op-ed author Ruth Marcus, who writes, where was Gorsuch's mask? I put that question to the court's public information office. No response to that or to a question about whether Gorsuch's masklessness had something to do with Sotomayor's decision to absent herself. So yeah, Sotomayor is the only one who called in because she's diabetic and scared, I guess. And all the other justices wore a mask, but not Gorsuch. Mike Davis, Gorsuch's former law clerk, as well as founder and president of the article three project, which lobbied to confirm president Donald Trump judges responded this way on Twitter, quote, every justice is vaccinated and boosted. Don't vaccines work? We know cloth masks don't, which really uh, irritated this author who writes, wearing a mask is the decent thing to do, especially when you're around vulnerable individuals. This is true even if it is not required, as it would be if Gorsuch were to pop into the grocery store to pick up some milk on his way home, or if he he were to be in an ordinary workplace in the district. If, as uh, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes once said, taxes are what we pay for a civilized society. Mask wearing is the cost of a respectful one where we do unto others. So now it's not just about the science. It's about respect. But since when are we all entitled to respect as a matter of right. policy or law? It might be a nice thing to do to respect someone, but I don't have a legal obligation to respect you. Yeah, and not to mention that the masks are irrelevant to disease transmission. Um, nobody really seems to care about that. Uh, except for when they're lying about it, like Kagan, yeah. um, who says, yeah, as far as transmission goes, these are the number one weapons. But um, but yeah, anyway. Oh, I do have um, I have a few more Corona topics before we move on to the uh, January 6th anniversary party. Can you are hear you what's okay? going on downstairs? This do I need was- to shut everyone up? It sounded a little rowdy, but you know, I'm. I'm you I gotta send a text. This is this is <laughs> audience. Let me know if you guys can can hear because it's just mayhem. That's just absolute mayhem down there. Well, for the last few weeks, we've been chronicling uh, all the admissions that the things we've heard for the last two years are total crap, and yeah. uh, those in power now saying the things that if shows like this one had said two years ago or on some other platforms, they might get you banned. Uh, so uh, add another entry of that with New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who now says she's a little bit skeptical on some of the hospitalizations data in New York. She's curious how many of those hospitalizations are actually because of coronavirus, not just people who are uh, hospitalized otherwise and who happen to test positive. So now New York is going to make some distinctions in their data. So we're looking at a critical moment, but we also want to, we're going to start asking some questions. We talk about the hospitalizations. I have always wondered, 
when we're looking at the hospitalizations, the people testing positive in a hospital, is that person in the hospital because of COVID or did they show up there and are routinely tested and showing positive and they may have been asymptomatic or even just had the sniffles? Someone is in a car accident, they go to the emergency room, they test positive for COVID while they're there. They're not there being treated for COVID. Beginning tomorrow, we're going to be asking all hospitals to break out for us. How many people are being hospitalized because of COVID symptoms? How many people are happen to be testing positive just while they're in there for other treatments? So that's, I think that's important. Oh, wow. What, a, what an original thought. Yeah, what a novel idea. We, we were talking about this two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, how are they how are they even going to do that? They're just going to cook the books like they did last time. Like somebody comes in and they have respiratory distress because they have asthma and they, they're, they, they test positive for COVID. They'll say that that's COVID related, even if it's yeah. a pre-existing condition. They're not going to be able to tease those out. Well, I remember at the start, uh, the things she's talking about, motorcycle crashes, gunshot wounds, falling off a ladder. We talked about that roughly two years ago. And, and they were being counted as Corona deaths. And the, the argument then was, yeah, well, those are outliers and they're rare. But were they? Um, yeah, Omicron is deadly uh, or is less deadly, I, I should say, than um, than the original. But if you're curious about the data, it's reported that half of all the supposed Corona hospitalizations in New York are for totally unrelated reasons. That means you are sick, you get hospitalized, you test for corona while you're hospitalized, you happen to test positive. That's what's happening in half the cases of these supposed corona hospitalizations. And and so even if we assume that the original variant or the original virus was a little rougher, let's say that maybe only 30% of the hospitalizations there were for a different reason that happened to test positive. That's still tens of thousands of hospitalizations over time. Yeah. And that's still a lot of people who died. Mm-hmm. So treating this as a new development. Oh, wow. I, I really <laughs> think some of these hospitalizations might be a little inaccurate. Yeah. This has been going on the whole time. The question is just to what degree? Maybe it's more accelerated now that the virus is a little less dangerous. But you're still talking about a virus that you know, ha- has uh, compared to compared to a lot of things in life, a relatively low risk of death. Mm-hmm. And it's being credited with a hell of a lot of deaths over time. So yep. this is, this is not something that's, um, that's new, but neither is the, uh, brazen tyranny going on in Australia. Just when you thought they couldn't lock down any harder, at least in the Northern territory where this is going, especially crazy. We've, we've talked about this, uh, recently recall last, we left the story, They were using the military to assist police in forcibly relocating positive cases and close contacts from small, mostly aboriginal villages to quarantine camps. And I guess, shockingly, just like masks and vaccine mandates, it hasn't worked and cases have increased there as well as everywhere else. So Chief Minister Michael Gunner announced this week that at least temporarily... Over this weekend, the unvaccinated aren't even allowed to leave their homes to go to work or to exercise outside. The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. You are at greater risk of catching COVID 
becoming ill and needing hospital care. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications. To provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometers from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons. There are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work is not a reason to leave the home for the unvaccinated. The Chief Health Officer has also determined that restriction of movement is critical right now and that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. Remember, these restrictions only apply to those who are not fully vaccinated. No exercising for your health. This you is outrageous. This is making America look good, though. Maybe well, I should stop complaining as much. As it's I just do. a temporary restriction because it's How supposed temporary? to expire it's supposed to it's supposed to be four days and it's supposed to exp- it's supposed to expire monday australia time which is probably right about now actually or they're probably well into cool monday. talk to me in two years uh yeah yeah it's, we just uh, surely if you just don't go out on a jog over the weekend this will all be over then i'm sure i've never seen anybody in more urgent need of a big bird costume than michael gunner <laughs> in the northern Ter- he beats out bill de blasio to your point about Gosh. perspective this guy is insane and we talk about statements that politicians should be afraid to make you no longer have five re- allowed reasons to leave your home you now it's down three. to three who the hell are you? My dad? Am I grounded? Do you happen to know what those reasons are? Not that it really matters. I'm but. sure it's stated in the story. I know there were five and now. So it's it's medical treatment. He said hospital's in, fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's um <clears throat> taking care of a relative within a 30 kilometer radius and then also going to the grocery store. That's it. You can't go to work. He's taking taking away from the unvaccinated, at least over the weekend. You can't go to work. And you can't go outside for a breath of fresh air if you want to walk around and contemplate how fucked your country is. You can't do that. Oh, my gosh. Are people worried? I only have a few contacts in Australia, but is the general public freaking out about the government overreach? I mean, this is um, as far as I understand, it's it's kind of like the equivalent of California doing this or New York doing this in our it's Mm, it's localized to a particular state. I, I don't think let's put it this way. If Gavin Newsom or I know Bill de Blasio is not in office anymore or Kathy Hochul, let's say Gavin Newsom or Kathy Hochul comes out and says something just like this. It would not shock me. Um, what would shock me is people laying down for it yet again, because that is the sort of talk that you're uh, I don't know. He, he talks like he's your idiot stepdad trying to make you love him. I'm sorry. I don't care about your rules. And I'm a human. I'm an adult man with rights. I don't give a shit. If you tell me I'm not allowed to go to go on a walk or not, I'm going to go do it. We need more people to be fighting back against this, but they don't have any guns. So what, what options? They don't have any guns and they're all trapped in their mass formation psychosis. Recall last week we um, we discussed the term mass formation psychosis uh, as discussed by Robert Malone on Joe Rogan's show. And this is the process by which the public becomes hypnotized to believe any load of nonsense the authorities tell them to, uh, as we've watched in this case and over the last two years. Well, mass formation psychosis is officially not real, according to an alliance of fact checkers on the issue. Both Reuters and the Associated Press say so with two articles from Reuters. No evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis, say experts speaking to Reuters and from the AP unfounded theory used to dismiss COVID measures. 
Reuters writes in part, mass formation psychosis is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic. Multiple experts in crowd psychology have told Reuters, says the AP in part. Quoting a psychologist, to my knowledge, there's no evidence whatsoever for this concept, says J. Van Bevel or Bevel. Uh, an assistant professor of psychology and neuroscience at New York University who recently co-authored a book on group identities. Uh, Van Bavel says he had never encountered the phrase mass formation psychosis in his years of research, nor could he find any peer-reviewed literature. Well, the experts denying it is the greatest evidence for mass formation psychosis. But they're just, they're, they're just uh, proclaiming that the term... Uh, doesn't exist. It's not the concept, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what's frustrating. It's like, there's no evidence for this. What the hell are you talking? Go, go outside and look at all the jackasses wearing three masks who would stick a thumb up their ass if, if Anthony Fauci told them to. That's mass formation psychosis. Oh, well, I've never seen it in the literature. Can, is science set in stone? Do we never create <laughs> new terms to describe phenomenon? I thought the, the whole science process- is settled, don't you know? I thought all the scientific terms that have ever been that are ever valid have already been invented. You can't create any more new ones, say the official scientists quoted in Reuters and the AP. And that's it's really just a battle of what you call it. Psychosis is an accepted psychological term right. as the Reuters piece. And I think the AP piece acknowledge um, it's an accepted psychological term. Mass formation just refers to a lot of people, a lot of people collectively experiencing psychosis. Call it whatever you want. I don't care. Mass formation psychosis by any other name. Still the same phenomenon. And to say that no evidence of it exists, why are people submitting repeatedly to things that are observably against reason, common sense, and submitting to people who told you, I lied yesterday, but trust me, what I say about tomorrow is definitely true. That's mass formation (laughs) psychosis. Yeah. No evidence. Walk out your door. If you're still allowed to, you will see it. Anyway, um, just to show you how on top of this there, it was actually the, the top trends bar on Twitter. <laughs> What's happening? Number one organic thing in the world, as always, according to Twitter. There's no evidence of pandemic mass <laughs> formation psychosis, according to Reuters and the Associated Press. Oh, thank you, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I yeah. appreciate your new management really keeping me up on uh, what's true about the world in organic fashion, as always. Anyway, that's that's all I have to say about Rona and the court cases and all of that. Probably not due for a break if you're ready. Uh, yeah, it's just, I really thought that people would have revolted in a meaningful way. Uh, yeah, that seems like a weekly theme and I can't. Uh, I suppose know. that uh, January 6th uh, had a chilling effect on the revolutionary spirit of the dissident, right? Maybe. Because it just showed that even if you fight back a little bit and not in a truly meaningful way, that they'll just throw the book at you and put you in solitary confinement for yeah. the next two years or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Well, though, I mean, um, those guys are enemy combatants, as we'll get to. It's just <laughs> like they ba- they might as well have been flying the planes on uh, Pearl, flying either planes, Pearl Harbor or September 11th. Basically the same dudes. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw Baked Alaska fly a plane into the second <laughs> tower. I know he did it. He might have. Um, yeah. Fed, fed, fed. I oh, hope not Baked Alaska. I just think about that clip uh, every time I think of Baked Alaska now, because when I saw it, I was like, is that baked Alaska? That's him yelling at Ray Epps, right? The guy yeah. never charged. Yeah. Correctly pointing out that that guy was a fed, although he was like a boomer 
in the streets like, let's raid the Capitol. And everybody was like, what? Hey, no. everyone, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to get in trouble for saying this and I really shouldn't. But yeah. here are some violent ideas I have. Yeah. yeah. So bizarre. Um, Holden Mulray. For every truth, there are many untruths. Such may start with small distortions of original truth. If the Constitution is many uh, professing charlatans, can we expect analogs in the religious world? He also said, in Mm. assembly this a.m. during announcements and visitor welcome, questions were encouraged about anything said or done during worship. We all benefit from intellectual honesty. I admire that trait in you. Questions were encouraged about anything Mm. said or done during worship. Like, uh... Is he saying by the clergy? I don't know. Hmm. Thank, Thank you, you Holden. Though. As always, appreciate it. Thank you much. It's from Beauty and the Beta. You imposters, the Mountain Blonde show is a scam. P.S. Blonde, are you still going to mass and confession? Gotta always stay in a state of grace. I've been going to mass. I haven't been to confession in a year and a half. Hmm. I know. I thought they cleaned up their act at your church. They did. As far as but Corona my soul stuff. is still a mess. I see. That's a real problem. Yeah. Um, I'll get to it. God, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, Fissure says the children being indoctrinated in schools today will be our lawmakers in 30 years. We need to use stern words now so that we don't have to use rifles later. Um, I agree. I that, that's agree that's that. the proper order of operations. And um, that's not to mean that you don't keep that safe stocked for the day that eventually might come. But. But uh, but yeah, words words first for moral reasons and because they're highly effective. Yep. Uh, Billy Biz, I'm sure we'll hear about January 6th every day in the mainstream media from now through the next two elections. Curious to see what monument is erected. How many fatalities was it? <laughs> Six million. <laughs> Dude. OK. So naughty. If they they're not that far off from making what's his name? Michael Byrd. Who was the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt? Oh, yeah. They'll make a statue of him. Probably. It'll happen. Uh, Long Don John. Thoughts on the Tim Pool swatting. Did that happen? Yeah, it did. I only saw the clip of it actually happening. So I'm not, uh, I don't have all what the specific happened? details. He, They were live. It was him and Brandon Tatum was there and uh, Luke, the Luke We Are Change guy. How do you say his last name? Redkowski, something we're like that. They were all live and the cops apparently got a call that there was a double murder pending suicide and the cops showed up and apparently Tim had somebody outside to intercept the cops and let them know that that's definitely not true. But the cops still went in. Tim apparently told them they needed a warrant. They said, well, this was exigent circumstances because we got an emergency call about uh, a murder slash suicide in progress. So nothing happened. But swatting... No, nothing happened other than the police entered his property without a warrant, which, you know, I mean, that's uh, an injustice itself. And certainly the swatting is an injustice. A lot of people talking on Twitter about that swatting should carry uh, an attempted murder charge. And I agree. I mean, you're you're sending people with guns to a home under the false impression of a threat, hoping that a violent action will be taken against them. I, yeah. I would be very harsh on swatting if I was writing. Agreed. The law. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad nothing happened. It could have been much worse. Yeah, I guess he had a guy out front. So good security good. plan. Uh, Bill Biz, I'm sure we'll, I just read that. Uh, I just read that one too. Daniel Kunkel, I hope this is good news and Pfizer doesn't find a way around it, but a federal court ordered them to release 55,000 pages per month instead of 500 regarding their Vax test data. Time will tell. Uh, I'm sure we're not going to have any transparency about this. 
Hmm. I would not I chat on it. PN, no note, and a big donation. Thank you, sir. Uh, do you oh, want to well, circle back you. on these? Uh, yeah, we could do that. And thank you, Ibot. Appreciate it. Um, let me catch up on... I am not going to be niggardly. DLive, we are good. Thank you guys watching over on DLive. Let me see what's going on on Tippy Stream, and we could come back to YouTube later. The always difficult challenge of reading the Tippy Stream format. Let's see how I do here. First, I got to find my spot. Okay, Charles, got to get it right. Charles Youse, not use. Charles rhymes with house. Justice Sotomayor is the quintessential COVID alarmist, ill-informed, female, and obese. Fat women need to sit down and shut up about COVID until they can demonstrate that their concern for health outweighs their concern for gorditas. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are those? Uh, Sotomayor eats authentic, apparently. Uh, I don't. I don't know what, what's the proper definition of a gordita. Let me see. Isn't that just a Taco Bell term? Doesn't gordita really literally mean? Yeah, it means chubby girl. Oh. <laughs> but but as far okay as far as the food, um, it is a dish made with masa and stuffed with cheese, meat, and other fillings. It looks like a mm. Mexican calzone or a, like Ooh, a yeah. That yeah. Sounds good. That's what it looks like to me. Um, it is, but it is apparently. Oh no, it is Mexican, but there are corresponding or similar Colombian and Venezuelan dishes. Let's see. Um, Phil says Austria and Germany moving back the deadline for their vax mandates should be seen as a tactical retreat as opposed to surrender. These elites are dedicated to the destruction of those nations uh, as well as Western elites and, and won't give up without a struggle. I don't know much about that news, um, but yeah, I'd, I would. Uh, it seems like a victory on its face, but you're probably right to be at least a little skeptical. I did see some French politician getting absolutely wrecked at his home over this stuff. And Good. as we've talked about in the past, am I a fan of confronting people at their homes in general? No. I mean, I'd yes. like people oh, to live in sorry. peace. I'd like people to live in peace with their families at their homes. That said, it's the politicians who have invaded your lives. It's not us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like we're just going to them because we're bored. They're the ones who have seized control of our lives in the most personal ways. So uh, you do that. You, you should have a little bit of, uh, of healthy fear. And, a little um, bit. I mean, there have to there has to be some kind of consequence for this. Yeah, we and there there have been almost none. Yeah, uh, Mitch says uh, PSA for the Weebs. The first episode of the Attack on the Titan, the final season, hopefully the, uh, for real this time, airs tonight. For legal streaming options, visit Hulu, Crunchyroll, VRV, Fumination, or Adult Swim. I have no idea what that even is, but uh, for the Weebs out there, uh, there you go. N word, F word. The only reason ever, the only reason everyone bends over backwards for the, <laughs> for the Muslim and rainbow mafia is because their followers are fucking insane and willing to commit Harry Carey. Uh, yeah. Spelled like the former Cubs uh, baseball announcer, Harry Carey. <laughs> we need to start a Catholic rage mob defensively, Susan. Oh, man. Do I, I like it. <sighs> For now, I'm still going to oppose rage mobs on principle, but man. Um, when are you going to accept I see where you're coming mobs. from. <laughs> well, like I said, my black, my pending black pills for the year, are the Supreme Court case on the ocean mandate and November's election. All right. Talk to me <laughs> November, roughly November 10th and we'll talk about rage mobs. Last one from Phil says NASCAR and the Chamber of Commerce seem to be dedicated to cutting off their nose to spite their faces. Of course, they are probably just banking on conservatives to keep willing to keep being um, willing marks. Yeah, it's um, 
And I admit, like, uh, you know, for me, it's not NASCAR. Obviously, it's it's football. You know, I, the NFL has done a lot of comparable things. And it's uh, on principle, I need to stop consuming all of their media. I need to stop participating <laughs> in that at all. But I, the but laws. I, I know. It's just it, it, it's um, it's easy for me to dismiss NASCAR. And um, but when it's a form of entertainment that you feel invested in or feel like has been a part of you for a long time, it's, it's like you want it to get better. I want it to be what yeah. it used to be, which was good. I don't feel that for NASCAR, but I feel it for football and other things. It's like, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to walk away from all these things, but then we got to build. They all have to be rebuilt. And that's such a monumental task. Do they, though? Well, they don't necessarily have to be if you can take the people in power out uh, currently in power, imposing all this nonsense and replace them with better people. Oh, the political sphere. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. some of the things we can just abandon entirely like sports. Ah, I see where you're coming. Well, I like I mean, I like sports. The, 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 here's the thing that I would try to sell you on uh, on sports in general. Um, it, it's one of the last remaining true meritocracies. And that's what's so great about it. That's where true. just the best athlete, just the best person with that skill wins. It's but none of this affirmative so action. Much- interaction with the minority community because it exists (laughs) well uh consider curling or downhill skiing or hockey (laughs) Mm -hmm. no sport Uh, fine all right anyway uh how about the blood sports of january 6th how about those hey that was pretty good that's pretty good i like it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend that much time on it um, because it turned out to be exactly what we knew it was going to be. But the Democrats did hold their January 6th anniversary festival on Thursday, and they gathered around to tell their war stories about it. Kamala Harris spoke first, and she said January 6th, as we've alluded to, is just like Pearl Harbor, and it's just like September 11th in that it's a historical moment burned into our minds where we all remember where we were for the attack on democracy. Certain dates echo throughout history including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Okay. I remember where I was, actually. I do, but not be, not necessarily because I, I thought it was January like... January 6th? God, I don't remember. I was watching it at, at this... Well, the desk was in a different room, but I was on the same desk, same monitor, looking at it going, holy shit. And then someone posted Assassin's Creed artwork of them climbing Capitol. And then uh, I just, I, I, yeah, I sat here kind of uh, laughing, to be honest. And, you know, that's yeah. not. Yeah, there were crimes being committed. Yeah, crimes should be brought to justice. But we've seen the show that has come out of it. And you could see it developing even at that time. Yeah, it certainly is not the same as as watching 9-11. Did you see 9-11 happen? Yeah, I remember everything about that day, Um, Hmm. but I don't even remember where I was because no real crimes were committed. Also, who cares? We talked. Wait, wait, January 6th. There were a few crimes on (laughs) 9-11. No, no. I remember everything about that day, what I wore to school, where I was. It was a half day in middle school. I think I was in the seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, I remember. I remember everything about that day. January 6th, I don't I don't even know what city I was in. I uh I, assume I, always, I was here. I was in the eighth grade, I think, for 9-11. And I always got up and I made breakfast and watched the news at 7 a.m. every morning. That was my routine. You and are so a when creature I, of habit. And I still basically <laughs> do that. And uh 
I turn on the news and I remember saying, oh, man, plane crash into the tower and I'm eating my oatmeal or whatever I was eating. And I, I watched the second plane hit live. And that yeah. was uh, I'll, I'll, that's one of the most memorable TV watching experiences, because, you know, before that, all the anchors were talking like, well, what is this, like a pilot accident or some kind of. Yeah, weird... people did not know what was going yeah. on. And then the second one hit and you're like, OK, that's like country under attack shit. That's what that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, um, that was very memorable. Um, okay, and then Joe Biden uh, got up there and he said um, he, he again said it was an armed insurrection. And uh, he reminds us that uh, the Capitol Police officers considered it a war zone effect. There was a Capitol Police officer who said he was more scared on January 6th than he was in Iraq. This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. We all heard the police officers who were there that day testify to what happened. One officer called it, quote, a mid medieval battle and that he was more afraid that day than he was fighting the war in Iraq. Okay. Well, uh, how many suicide bombings were there on January 6th? I don't remember those. How many casualties did we take? Uh, on January anyway. 6th? Yeah. Uh, I, I got curious about the, the armed claim and I know that the, the people want to say, well, the guy armed people were armed with bear spray and there were people hitting people, uh, hitting officers with uh, blunt objects. And there was one man armed with a podium and, and all that. And yeah, it was there violent action. Yeah, there was damage to human beings. There was damage to property. I'm not denying any of those things, but I was curious about this armed characterization. I, and I, in my memory, as I recall, there were no, uh, firearms, firearms, weapons or firearms charges. So, nope. Did was anybody charged with that? There were three. And get this. Two of them were people just outside on the Capitol grounds where apparently you can't carry guns, I, I guess, unless you have a right. D.C. concealed carry permit. But um, but yeah, these guys were illegally carrying outside of the building. Two of them. And then there was a third who was an off duty special agent of the D.E.A., who was carrying his service weapon on Capitol that's grounds. Right, the that's right. That's right. Yeah. One of them was a fed. Yeah. You had three of them. None of them went in the building and one of them was a fed. As far as I'm aware, nobody inside the building had any sort of firearm. Not one, yeah. at least that we know yeah. of. Nobody was charged. So, um, so, you know, armed insurrection, that lie lives on. And so does predictably the Brian Sicknick lie. We knew that that was going to happen. I posted a video about this Saturday, so I'm not going to get into it um, in full detail. But I, in case people didn't see the, the most insane lie of the day was from Nancy Pelosi and um, Joe repeated it, too. They both referenced Billy Evans in addition to Brian Sicknick as a Capitol Police officer who supposedly died on January 6th. Here was Nancy Pelosi's moment of silence. As I conclude, I want to acknowledge our fallen heroes of that day. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Livingood. Metropolitan Officer Jeffrey Smith. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans of a later assault. He died that day of a later assault. Okay. We talked about this at the time, and that's why it was interesting to go back um, late this week. I went back and tried to find more information on this. Remember the Nation of Islam guy who drove a car into the Capitol in April and killed a Capitol cop? Oh, yeah. That's Billy Evans. That's who she's talking about. It was How are they even trying to spin this? 
I don't know. Um, there are two interpretations. One is that they're trying to appear nonpartisan and that they'll acknowledge fallen cops of any variety. The other is that they just trust that you forgot the name Billy Evans and will Which believe I did. them. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it, when you hear that, when if someone would have told me early this last week, hey, Billy Evans, do you know who that is? I would have said, no, I don't. I don't no. know who that person is. If you told me this story, I would remember. Mm-hmm. But now that there's four Capitol officers lumped into the supposed body count. So it's Brian Sicknick with the fire extinguisher lie who actually died of a stroke. You have the two suicides after the fact. And then they lump in Billy Evans. Yeah. The guy who was killed by a nation of Islam guy who went to the store to buy a knife and then rammed his car into the checkpoint, and killed Billy Evans, got out, tried to knife more people and they shot him dead. That's who they're well, talking. People about. are clearly going to believe this. They still think that a bunch of black people were killed and stuff. Like People yeah. have no knowledge of what actually happened here. Yeah. So um, if you I, I tried to figure out what happened because everybody at the time, everybody pledged an investigation. Oh, we're investigating. The man looked mentally unwell, mentally ill, but we're investigating. None of the results of those investigations ever came out, ever came out. Yeah. Um, you know, the media doesn't have to work very hard. They were able to spin the Kenosha story where the, there was some poll. I think I think the majority of the minority community believes that several people, several black people were killed in Kenosha and they, they barely had to lie about that. Um, people will look into something one time, yeah, one time, and then that's it. Uh, the January 6th thing, they've been a lot more persistent about the messaging, I think. But um, people, when they when they hear about January 6th, they just talk about uh, Brian Sicknick and, and all the Capitol Police officers that, that were killed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I won't go too much into it because, um, you know, all the details of the Noah Green thing, like I said, I posted yesterday if you want to see that. But um I don't care about this and neither does the American voter. That's what a lot of polling shows. There's uh, plenty of polling coming out on what is motivating people heading into the November elections. January 6th ain't one of them. Uh, A new morning consult poll indicates 47% of voters, including a similar share of crucial independents, don't expect the riot to have any impact as in zero impact on their votes in November. And frankly, I'm surprised it's not higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's half the country saying I will not vote with any consideration of january 6th period including half of independence according to this poll the same poll also shows that uh also shows declining approval for the house's uh, january 6th committee investigation approval falling seven points since july from 43 percent to 46 percent independent voters uh on an almost identical track of approving less and less of this january 6th committee in the house And um, the general reality, of course, is that people are going to vote with their wallets. And it was yet another brutal jobs report for Joe and company released on Friday. The economy added 199,000 jobs in December against expectations more than double that 422,000 jobs. Uh, were expected the unemployment rate dropped to 3.9%, which will be emphasized, of course, as a positive. But that rate, again, as we've discussed previously, only reflects people actively looking for work. The labor force participation rate remains below where it was at pre-pandemic levels, meaning we just have fewer people working and looking for work than we did before all of this nonsense. What are the reasons for that? How long do you have to be out of – do you have to be looking for work or not looking for work before you're a discouraged worker that falls out of the I'm not sure the specific rules, but – yeah, I, mean, I think it's in, like four weeks or something. Let me look Oh, it's that. pretty short then if it's that if it's that short. Discouraged workers. Plus, um, we over the weekend we have bare shelves Biden trending on Twitter, people posting pictures from uh, pictures of their empty grocery store shelves or severely understocked grocery store shelves across the country. Did you have you gone grocery shopping in the last week or so? 
Yeah, uh, we're having some supply problems. I was shocked last night. Um, And I know that Saturday night is going to be somewhat of an understocked time to shop anyway, because a lot of people do their grocery shopping Saturday during the day. But man, um, paper towels looked like they did March of 2020. Yeah. And uh, frozen juice concentrate was nearly entirely out at our grocery store. That's random. It's not something I buy usually, but we just noticed they were all gone. We were looking through frozen foods. Uh, Chicken, fresh and frozen, almost entirely out. Mm, So people are stockpiling. And I went to the gas station earlier today and grabbed a few things. And I I went in, as we talked about on Wednesday, the greatest candy there is. I I wanted a Snickers bar. Yeah. Um, The Snickers bar that comes with two instead of one. All out. Totally out. In addition to a lot of major candy bars. Uh, They did have the small original Snickers. So thankfully, I was uh, Snickers satisfied. Okay, um, it is a discouraged worker is not currently in the labor force, wants work, is available for work, has looked for work in the past year, and has not looked for work in the past four weeks. It's that short of a window. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So all all those people just fall out of of the unemployment index. That's retarded. What if you've been looking for work for and you just give up? You, you look you look for work there's, for 11 months and then you give up and then there's you're probably a lot of that. We know there's a trend with a lot of women deciding enough of this, whether it's for mandates or frustration with pay or whatever reason you want. A lot of people are going home and just becoming homemakers, caretakers, just leaving the workforce because they've had enough of the bullshit that's going on. So obviously unemployment is going to continue to go down yeah, when those uh, people aren't the, part of the labor force right, throughout anymore. the duration of the pandemic as it becomes more and more difficult um, to utilize whatever you majored in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you <laughs> so think dishonest. that people are going to look at their grocery stores in the state that they're in and they're going to think, yeah, but, uh, you know, the assault on our democracy. Right. right. This is an assault on my family's well-being. Okay. Exactly. It's, it's a, little, exactly. a little more important than the citadel of democracy. And I get so annoyed when people, again, this is not to justify crimes against the capital, but the the capital is not worthy of some sort of increased symbolic value. It is a piece of property just like any others. The, the crimes of property vandalism at the Capitol should be treated no differently than the property vandalism at target or anywhere else that the rioting happened in 2020. Yep. And if you think that I'm going to care so much that a podium was stolen from some, some, some place in the Capitol of symbolic value versus I would like to buy chicken for my family yeah. to feed them. You're out of your mind. And you people can't coax vote. people to not be concerned about their uh, immediate starvation and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's not even a, let me persuade you otherwise, though. They'll try. Joe Biden yeah. will try. Well, you have bad information. You know, if you go to your grocery store and it looks like this, you just have bad information. And I, <laughs> when I was at my grocery store above the chicken, it had this note of, oh, um, the Pacific Northwest has been ravaged with snow and we can't get uh, supply trucks over the snowy mountain passes. So that's why. But we're working on it. It was almost as though and it, for all I know, that's part of the problem. I'm not saying they're lying. No, but they're it, lying. It, but it read like, let's give an let's give some sort of reason or excuse that would make people think that this has that it has anything to do with something else. Can we just yeah. create a boogeyman? Anything other than specific policy decisions that have been made. And I'm not just saying by Joe Biden uniquely. By the way, the idea that 
I can't go to my grocery store right now and buy chicken with ease is because of some snowstorm in the winter in Montana, as though that's abnormal and not the winter status quo. That's a problem, quo. too. This, the winter status quo, right. And, and I don't believe that we're getting a lot of our supply from the Pacific Northwest region. I don't know. Uh, who, maybe there I mean, are. Tr- what, what were you trying to get? Were you trying to get fresh I'm salmon talking like, or yeah, something ju- like that? I'm talking fresh chicken, like just yeah. plain chicken breast. Think about all the farms between like my region and your region and yeah. in Eastern Washington. There's no freaking way this is coming from Seattle. Yeah, I know. But I, and I'm supposed to believe that it's just because the mountain passes are snowy and not because of a series of ridiculous, idiotic policy decisions from the president all the way down to, you know, the boss at whatever all these local yeah. companies are kicking people out of their workforce because they won't get vaccinated. Yeah, it's harder to deliver chicken when there's nobody to deliver the damn chicken. That's the reality of it. <laughs> yeah. But oh, it's just the snowstorm. Okay. Well, well tell me about we'll this s- Illinois cop murder because this is this is total insanity. I mean, this is like a um oh, it's really really tragic. The the imagery kind of stuck with me, but this Darius Sullivan, do you have pictures of these upstanding <sighs> jogger citizens? Uh, uh not not in this story, but I do have the video story. Um, which we can play. Do you want me to well, play? Well, these the... people look like what you would expect. Um, <laughs> okay. Sh- okay, they were charged with fatally shooting uh, an Illinois police sergeant, um, Marlene Ritmanic, uh, and criti- yeah. critically injuring her partner, Officer Tyler, Tyler Bailey. And they were young, uh, 27. I'm not sure how old the other one was. And then um, the, the perpetrators were also pretty young, 25 and 26. Maybe we should watch this first. This is uh, some local news coverage on exactly what happened here with the perpetrators apparently stealing the firearm of this female police sergeant and executing her with her own gun. A Kankakee County judge denied bail for Alexandria Harris Monday, charging her with three counts of first degree murder for Bradley Police Sergeant Marlene Ritmanick and one count of attempted murder of Officer Tyler Bailey. Attorney Jim Rose says he is not only seeking life in prison for both Darius Sullivan and Harris, but is now also calling for the death penalty, submitting an official request to the United States Attorney General. According to Roe, 25-year-old Darius Sullivan first shot Officer Bailey in the head when the two officers knocked on their comfort in hotel room that night, then chased Sergeant Ritmanick down the hallway of the hotel, shooting her as well with her own gun. Sergeant Ritmanick is pleading with them to just leave. You don't have to do this. Please just go. Please don't. Please don't. Throughout the entire interaction, she was pleading for her life. Audible crying in the courtroom as Roe described how Harris, Sullivan's girlfriend at the time, assisted in disarming Sergeant Ritmanick for Sullivan to shoot her. Terrible. Um, She's trying to flee. You know, it's not like she's actively fighting them. Right. So uh, the police officers responded to the Comfort Inn for reported dogs barking in an unattended vehicle. That this is that's the reason that they came. They, they weren't like trying to. They bust were the them or suspected owners of the barking yeah, dog. Is in that the parking lot. So okay. uh, they located a room inside the hotel where the possible owner of the vehicle was staying. Officers initiated a conversation with the subject in the room, subjects in the room, and during conversation, the officers they just got attacked by these people, and then both officers were shot. Um. So Ritmanic said she was desperately pleading for a life shortly before she was fatally shot with her own gun. I believe she was shot 
twice. So and she they got have injured. the video of this. They have the body cam video of her pleading for her life and being Just executed. Terrible, as far terrible. As I and then Officer Bailey was shot in the head and survived. So I think she was shot in the neck and then they shot her execution style. So as Harris struggled with the officer, Sullivan pointed the gun and shot Bailey in the head. Then he allegedly turned the gun to Ritmanick and shot her as she tried to run away. Sullivan chased Ritmanick down the hallway before pinning her against a door. Sullivan struggled to unjam his gun using his right hand and mouth while also trying to disarm Ritmanick with his left hand. Unjam his gun with his mouth. Yeah, as the that scuffle sounds, ensued. Uh, like a not good gun safety practice. <laughs> as the scuffle ensued, Sullivan came out to Harris telling her to cock the gun. Prosecutor said Harris joined Sullivan, helping him successfully disarm Ritmanick. And then the two stood over Ritmanick, pointing guns at her as she laid on the floor, wow. already shot once. And then she begged uh, not to be shot again. She said, you don't need to do this. You don't have to do this. Please don't. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Yeah. Okay. On the death penalty, Illinois doesn't have it. But as you heard in the story, the prosecutor is seeking it. And the way that he's doing that is by submitting a request to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to authorize a death penalty in a federal murder case. So Merrick Garland, who also got up this week and spoke about how he's going to bat for the assaulted officers of January 6th, seeking justice against all those who dared attack them. Uh, will we see Merrick Garland enter this case and seek the death penalty against uh, against these particular <sighs> cop attackers? I highly, highly doubt it. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't like this. No, I don't like that on principle. State law, yeah. Yeah. Also, but, um, you know, but if if these two people got killed killed in prison, I'd be like, okay. Well, and uh, it's okay. it's just again, it's a situation. I I, br- I brought up Kim Potter not because they're identical, but it's a situation where this cop was trying to do the opposite of what Kim Potter was trying to do was not just trying to deescalate was fleeing, running away, trying to leave and was outright murdered for it. So it's like, man, what do you do? If you choose to be aggressive, you get, you might end up in a Kim Potter situation. Maybe you don't accidentally mistake a taser for a gun, but you are aggressive with force. And so they put you in prison. You try to flee. They, they come and kill you with your own gun. It's like, again, who the hell is going to sign up to be a police officer Uh, And this is, again, another situation where we're sending uh, female cops, expecting them to physically handle violent criminals. And I'm sure that's part of it, too. Good luck. Mm. Um, This is really sad. Oh, yeah. But um, but yeah, I I, I agree with you on that point that um, as, as a matter of Merrick Garland's hypocrisy or double standards, I would like to see what he says to this. But as a matter of of pure principle in law, I don't like the idea of a state deciding, well, we don't have the death penalty in this state, but a prosecutor or public opinion or whatever deciding, well, we really don't like that guy, even (laughs) if the crime was heinous, which it is, but to say, well, call in the feds and have them do whatever they want. It's not a a terrible precedent. Yeah. We we don't want to, we don't want to go along with that. Even (laughs) if, um, frankly, you know, uh, as a person who generally opposes the death penalty, because I'm, I think we sort of share a skepticism of government to get that judgment right. Um, If they did what they are accused of doing, and it seems like they did because it's on video, uh, uh, to me, death would be a justified punishment. As a matter of law, I don't know that I... As a matter of broad law, I'm a little skeptical of that. But as a matter of these individuals, whether it's just for them to be put to death, I can't think of a case other than, say, abuse of children... Um, that that would be more deserving of uh, 
of an execution penalty. I agree. It just sets a horrible precedent. They'll, they'll be calling people like the Capitol rioters domestic terrorists and, and executing yeah. them for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree uh, with that for sure. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that case. Um, and uh, it's um, it's it's in the early stages of prosecution. That that was a like a preliminary court hearing. Obviously, they've both been charged with um, with murder. And so perhaps we'll see what happens there if they decide to fight it or if they um, make guilty pleas or whatever. But we'll keep up with that one. Um, neither of these stories that I have up next are hoax hate, really. But they're close enough. And at this point, jamming stories, jamming hoax hate circles into the square bit peg is kind of part of the the bit. Or did I get that in reverse? Jamming square pegs into circle holes. You get what I mean. These don't fit, but I have to play the intro as a matter of routine. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? (laughs) Now, over the summer, do you remember this one? We covered a story of two young men who were facing charges in Santa Cruz, California, after they burned out and left heavy black tire tread marks across a Black Lives Matter street mural painted in front of city hall by uh, community members in Santa Cruz. That's the image of the, it's just, it's big yellow letters on the street that say black lives matter. That's it. And they did with a truck, I guess, burnouts on this. Good and they're you. indeed going to be prosecuted. That was one of oh, the come funny, on. We, we listened to, I think it was the chief of police talking about how heinous of a crime this was. They are indeed being prosecuted. And the D uh, the DA in Santa Cruz, California, has now introduced video. I searched for this video because I want to bring you the truth of the matter and because I certainly want to see it if it exists. And the DA says it does. The DA introduced video depicting um, the two young men, so these two being prosecuted are 21 and 19 years old, uh, driving the truck with four other boys inside. uh, Emphasis on boys because... Everybody else was a minor. So it's a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and three presumably teenage minors driving this pickup truck. The video shows the two uh, young adult men and the minors in the truck. Uh, The driver, no, the the boys in the car. The story says boys in the car, which implies to me minor, minor, uh, minors. The boys in the car were yelling racial slurs while the vehicle drives away, including Warner, the 19-year-old, yelling white power as he and the other boys enact a Nazi salute. (laughs) So driver burning out teenagers in the back of the truck or wherever yelling white power. Um, no, no guy in guy riding shotgun yells white power teenagers in the back of the truck, Nazi salute. That's what happened as they're burning out on black lives matter paint on the street. Uh, awesome. In other words, sounds awesome. It's the sort of teenage jackassery that, that occurs in every town. Um, yeah, you might, Maybe you say, well, I never did a white power salute. Yeah. uh, But the point is like a lot of this stuff is the sort of mischief that goes along with even the supposed white power symbol. It's the reaction that you'll get. It's trolley. Exactly. It's they, they wanted to make people mad. And so they did this and variations of that strategy are very common among young men. But, um, but, uh, you know, in clown world, this is this is going to be it's it's now felony prosecution, by the way. It's not just prosecution for like, oh, you got you guys go go um, shovel some some 
poop at the nonprofit zoo for community service or something like that. They, they're they're facing felony prosecution, and the DA is saying that it's over one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars worth of damage to the Come mural on. that has yet to be repaired. Because apparently, I guess they took turns. They each the twenty one and the nineteen year old each did a burnout on the Black Lives Matter mural, but. As far as I understand, are seeking the death penalty in oh, the case of two Get that out of here. Sorry. Um, as far as I understand, the mural itself was just done by community members. In other words, the mural is graffiti. It's just graffiti that City Hall likes. Yeah. Uh, how could that have possibly cost uh, one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars? Are they just talking about the the cost to remedy it? Just paint over it. Well, that's what I understand. The, the street is no more damaged than it was when they painted Black Lives Matter on the street. So and again, am I saying that uh, maybe a little parental discipline might be, uh, uh, you know, uh, something to exercise here, certainly for the younger boys? Sure. Is this a felony prosecution that should be a top priority of the D.A.? Oh, it's not the D.A. himself. I thought it was actually the district attorney. It's an assistant district attorney who who introduced the video. So point taken. It's not the district attorney himself. But is this anything close to a law enforcement or prosecutorial priority for any town? Of course not. A burnout on the street. Felony prosecution. Uh, yeah. And places like Chicago, there aren't they backed up on rape kits from like the last year or something ridiculous? <laughs> the homicides are, in, are going uninvestigated. They probably are in Santa Cruz as well. I have no idea. Um, but I can't I just can't imagine living in that community and thinking, yeah, throw the book at these kids. This is the most serious problem our community faces that someone did a burnout on the Black Lives Matter street art. Anyway, um, also, the anti-Asian hate crimes have claimed another victim. We all remember that um, that old man picking up cans in San Francisco who was attacked by a uh, a group of color, one of whom recorded another beating the man and um, beating him with his own can picker. And the guy recording said, I hate Asians N word. And that was that case was dropped. It was not a hate crime in San Francisco. This one actually will be. And apparently something similar happened in New York City, almost an identical fact pattern. Um, And I was not aware of this case until now. Last April, 61-year-old Yao Pan Ma was collecting cans in East Harlem when ex-con Jared Powell was caught on video assaulting him, repeatedly kicking him in the head and leaving him in a coma. Ma died on December 31st, as in last week. I presume he's been in a coma since, although the story is a little bit unclear. But this is according to the NYPD. Powell, the attacker, was initially charged with murder um, and two counts of hate crime uh, assault. Um, And he pleaded not guilty. Did I get that wrong? He was originally charged? I thought that they upgraded the charges in light of the death. Did I? Let me see what's in the story here. He was initially initially charged with attempted murder. So they charged him with attempted murder. And two counts of assault as a hate crime. And now it's expected that he'll be it's being designated a homicide. It's, it's expected his charges will be upgraded to reflect the death. Um, but as far as um, th- th- that hasn't happened specifically yet, it's expected to come. Uh, Powell, <laughs> who has had 15 prior arrests dating back to 1988, claimed the victim attacked him first. This 61 year old yeah, Asian sure. dude. Attacked him first, and the video of the sickening assault was, quote, a whole lot of bullshit. That's what Powell says. Uh, Powell is due back in court on February 10th, at which the charges might be, at which point the charges might be changed to reflect the uh, the death of Mr. Ma. 
And uh, once again, I'm just glad to see that yet another anti-Asian Trump supporting white supremacist is off the streets. And hopefully there will be justice in this case, as with all the others. (sighs) Wow. Um, He leaves behind a wife, by the way, uh, does does uh, Mr. Ma. I don't know about the rest of his family. Anything else you have to say about that case? No, and this is just going to continue to happen. If I really yeah. hated Asians, I'd be jazzed about this, but I don't. <laughs> well, where did he rank in the hierarchy? Yeah, really. Asians might be our, our only hope. <laughs> All right. Um, it's time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1992 Quentin Tarantino feature-length debut Reservoir Dogs, the story of a botched diamond heist by a gang of criminals with color-themed code names from movie picker Adam. What do you mean you don't tip, you cheap bastards? Bastard, rather. Besides being a classic Tarantino film, this movie explores... Uh, explores interpersonal conflict, trust, and violence as the ultimate means of resolution. Who says there's no honor among thieves? As always, your thoughts and your rating. Oh, God. Okay. It's funny that this movie had so much torture in it because it was torturous mm. to watch. And I'd seen it uh, several years ago, but I just didn't remember enough. I had to rewatch it. And it was just it was just a painful day when I had to watch this. So I, I do like this idea of having most of a film done in a single room. Um, I know that some of the flashbacks were in other locations, but you know, most of the film is in the warehouse. My dinner with Andre uh, is, is in one location and rear window. They're, they're great films also in one location. So I like this idea because it puts pressure on the director to make the dialogue interesting and to have a cast of characters that meshes well. And the, the acting becomes really important. Um, but that was kind of the problem with this movie. The acting was really stiff. I mean, the first scene, I was like, I, I can tell that everybody's acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition to that, I found the characters all really unlikable. I know that they're that they're criminals and everything. Um, and the real problem was that I didn't much care about their relationships. It was inexplicable for Mr. White to have such an allegiance to Mr. Orange. Like, mm. like why? Because he felt guilty about him getting shot. It seemed like too tenuous of a reason for him to be so devoted to him, he was treating like him like he was a son or something like that. I'm like, you don't know this guy. Like, like why are you so why are you so allied with him? Um, and these people are supposed to be hardened criminals, also. Uh, so I guess everyone dies except for Steve Buscemi, which I'm uh, totally fine with. But the thing is that I did not give a shit. Like everybody dies, and I'm like, sweet, this movie's over, I guess. Um, but all in all, this was standard Tarantino nonsense. He has no restraint. And his films are marred by his obsession with casting himself, which is always really annoying, um, mm. as some sort of like badass criminal, when in reality, he's this weird beta male, like foot fetish pussy in real life. And so the racial dialogue also always seems really forced. And it probably because is because... <laughs> I, I appreciated the the Overton window widening. <laughs> oh, come on. It's just, you know, like I'm yeah. all for for showing for for throwing in some racial epithets, but it's got to be appropriate. And he has this weird sexual fetish with black women in real life, too. And so oh. 
I also picked that up. It's like halfway through, I just expected to see Uma Thurman's feet just thrown in there. Um, I fucking hated this. I hated it so huh. much. I don't even hate all Tarantino films that Kill Bill had its moments and everything, but this was just trash. It wasn't, it was, it was such trash that you would expect me to like watching everybody die in the same room for an hour and a half. Uh, but I didn't like one out of five hated this ruined my day. One out of five. Is that your first one outside of Leon or was there another one? Can't remember. I, I, I hated, um, that, that Jesse James movie, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I gave that one. No, no, I just, I hated this movie. I remember hating it when I saw it 10, 15 years ago, but I watched Mm. it this time and I was like, I really hate this movie. We're actually not that far off though. I'm not quite as negative as you are. This is a movie. You ever watch a movie that you want to like and you just don't. Yeah. That's this movie for me. And the reason I wanted to to like like it. it because I like Tarantino and I like Steve Buscemi and I don't know much about the other actors, but you know, I, I, for the sake of guys that I appreciated, I wanted to like it. And so I quickly, pretty quickly realized I didn't, but I'm just holding on like, ah, it's, it's going to be something cool that happens soon. But that, that was part of the trouble for me. It goes from kind of really boring to start to just outright torturous. I used the same word that you did. Did you really? Because there's a lot of torture, <laughs> you know, so it goes, torture but it's yeah. not just torturous depiction. It's, it's torturous to watch in the latter half. Um, but so, so the things the things that I like about this movie are more about like what it represents for, I suppose, a broader career of Quentin Tarantino or what it represents as sort of a starting point. I can respect what it achieves for the budget. And this movie had a tiny budget How of one point two million dollars, one point two oh, yeah. million dollars for perspective. Django Unchained was Tarantino's biggest production by budget at a hundred million bucks. There's 20 years that separated them, but still talking about a massive, massive difference. And it's not just to, can you make a movie on a small budget? Can you achieve a gory crime story believably on such a small budget? It does that. Does that mean that I really enjoyed watching it? No, but I don't think I could do better with the, the resource constraints that, that this movie exists within. Um, I, you said you don't like Tarantino kind of, um, being a character in all of his movies. And, and I could see that cause I don't think he's, I don't think he's the greatest actor or something of all time. That said, I respect someone who wears a lot of hats and does it himself. I'm a big believer in the, uh, if you want it done right, do it yourself type philosophy. And but it's just I think, an ego projection thing. It's not because maybe. he can do a better job acting than somebody else. It's because he wants to inflate his ego and he always writes himself in as like, yeah. This this hardened criminal kind of mob boss type. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, well, I just appreciate the do it all, you know, even if it is a little self indulgent. I do like so self indulgent. That's what like it is. The, His movies are self indulgent. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and and as I mentioned, um, not that the writing was great because it was. Listen, I love cheap humor and my wife will be listening right now screaming at me pretending that i'm far too sophisticated for the cheap humor in this movie but it did seem like uh why am i mr pink uh because you're a faggot like do i like that it this can i appreciate this movie would probably be canceled and get everybody booted from hollywood today yeah do i like that it's sort of that even though it is a little cheap it broadens the overton window yes do I think that the writing was excellent? Not really. The dialogue and the use of vulgarities was was pretty cheap, but I'll still I still kind of appreciate that about the movie that that it at least there was a time when you could do that if you wanted to. 
Can you elucidate that, my question about the relationship between Mr. White and Mr. Orange? Is that something that you also thought? Because I, I was really. just baffled the whole time. Like, not why really, is he going to bat for this guy? But I didn't feel like any character in particular really grabbed me. Uh, so I guess I just that's, didn't. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about the relationships that critically, I suppose, which I guess is what you're supposed to think about. But things that were hard to, the worst things about the movie to me, I mentioned it just goes from really boring to really painful. And neither of those things are enjoyable to watch. So it was hard to enjoy in that regard. It's a movie about a heist that never actually shows the heist. And of course, this is supposedly a deliberate decision to emphasize the characters and the dialogue. But as I've mentioned with sort of ambiguous endings in movies, I'm never a fan of imagine your own story. No, you're the writer. You do the job. You tell me the story. Does that mean you have to show the heist? Maybe not, but even in the dialogue, a lot of the details of what actually happened during the theft, mm. there's, there aren't a lot of them. And did so you find I, the ending ambiguous? As in, did Buscemi live or die, Mr. Pink? Or what well, was he, ambiguous? It took me a, a few seconds to be like, did Mr. White shoot Mr. Orange and then get shot? And then oh, I couldn't tell who shot whom in the Mexican standoff. It was they all shot to, each other. But but um, everyone got shot guys except for Steve Buscemi. Two guys were pointing at one guy instead mm-hmm. of everyone pointing at each other. Oh, I thought so how they did, were all how did the one guy shoot? Because Mr. I'm going to forget all my names now. The The dad guy was pointing at Mr. Which one was that? The guy who has the relationship with Orange that you don't like. John Penn's brother? No. He was aiming at who was the dad figure to Mr. Orange? Uh, Mr. White. Okay, so both the dad and Sean Penn's brother were aiming at at Harvey. And Harvey was aiming at the dad. Right. So how did all of them get shot? I think that you are right about that. I I was kind of going frame by frame trying to figure it out, and I really couldn't. And then Steve Buscemi has a gun. out of bullets. And Mr. Pink has a gun. Yeah. So I thought, did Mr. Pink shoot one of them? I I was a little unclear on that. But, that actually um, escaped my notice. So I would have liked to, anyway, I would have liked to see the heist scene or have more details on the actual heist. And then um, I know this is like small and inconsequential. I'm actually really annoyed that there, there will be no explanation of what the title of the movie is. What the hell is the title of the movie? Suppose there are a lot of theories. Quentin Tarantino has never said it really has no apparent reference in the movie. And there's a theory that it's just a misheard title of another movie when he, from when he worked at a video store that it really means nothing, Ugh. which I find kind of annoying. So, um, I didn't give it a one because it wasn't a, an absolute hate, but I did give it a two. Oh, okay. It's definitely a no for me, dog. Uh, I wouldn't watch it again. You know, uh, it's not a one I would choose, but um, just the over the top violence. And I like a violent movie. Yeah, the 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 tor- the ear cutting scene was hard to watch uh, and just bleeding out for like the better part of an hour. Yeah. Um. But let's see. The audience is this is a very split, not just split like high and low ratings. The currently the leading audience rating is three, but about a quarter of the audience gives it a three so far. A quarter of the audience gives it a four. A fifth of the audience gives it a five. And then you have another third or so of the audience giving it a one or a two. So really across the board ratings on this, not anything. I'm not alone. I'm seeing a lot in the live chat. People that hated this movie and people that love this movie. As always, we're going to get ripped in the comments. I don't know why people get so emotional over a movie. It's always the movie thing. Yeah. Um, This seems like a strange movie to latch on to. I guess because Tarantino has been really 
culturally influential or yeah maybe like i mean i don't know as someone who's liked the Tar- the other tarantino movies i've seen it's like that's the reason i want to like this and i can appreciate yeah. it as something that led to productions that i like but uh, just on its own man no i'm not i'm not watching that one again next week we have full metal jacket which i'm excited to see have you seen it i've never seen that Mm-mm. okay 1987 1987 vietnam classic and then uh, after that the nominees include Dread, American Psycho, Goodwill Hunting, Princess Mononoke, uh, Dr. Horrible, Sing Along Blog, or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie. Instead, Dread leads the early vote, American Psycho not far behind. So we'll see Ooh. what we get there. And of course, a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment on how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com. That will do it. Let's catch up with the chat. Ah, just hold on. I just lost my place. Do you have anything over there? Uh, let me see. Oh, I really, I hate it I when really this had happens. no idea where you were going to go on that. Usually I, I, I can theorize like, I bet she likes this movie or I bet she hates this. I had no idea. I could have, I could have convinced myself yeah. that you would go anything from one to five, which is kind of how been the audience went. Strange alignment on the movie thing for the last few months. That's true. I feel like we're due for uh drastic disagreement, which hasn't happened for a little bit. Not probably not. Since like the early fall, like summer, early fall, somewhere in there. That's true. Uh, Robin D. Banks, Merry Insurrection, everybody belated. Matt and I almost cuddled gently or so I thought, but it didn't go down like that. All he did was steal a podium, then rolled out stage left. Seriously, though, how do you have an armed insurrection uh, with no arms? It says in some erection. <laughs> Well, everyone uh, there had arms. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. You must be counting that. They didn't even have one Alec Baldwin worth of arms aside from the cops who, remember, forgot the key to get their shield. Sad. Sad. There was a great Photoshop <laughs> meme of, you know, the podium man carrying around the podium, waving the yeah. class. One of the classic images. It was Alec Baldwin carrying a huge Glock. Waving like that. <laughs> That's uh, good. Which is totally inaccurate because he used a single action revolver. What a stupid meme. It was just a, a funny Boogeyman917 yeah. says, I doubt it. Um, Andrew Pollock, sure is a shame. I have it back. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, that Saget was Epstein. It happens, I guess. Will we ever What know? did Bob Saget know? Was uh, Bob Saget, from what I've heard, has never been like a super political guy necessarily. Hmm. Why would he be killed? Or did he want us to think that he had no relationships with powerful Assad must have gotten his body out and he's just hanging out with Jizz Lane Maxwell. And yeah, maybe. Epstein. Bradley Freeman, no note. Um, thank you, Jonathan Prezios. Bob Saget is dead. Is this true? It is unfortunately true. Uh, Jacko says, I recently saw a hella-based Mel Gibson film that Blonde would like called We Were Soldiers. It's full of pro-family values, women in the kitchen where they belong, and Asians dying brutally, 10 out of 10. You know, I've come around on Asians, so I don't know what to tell you about this. Uh, but I do Fair love, enough. love Mel Gibson. And thank you, everybody, for um, telling me where in Lethal Weapon he shows his butt. Or is it that other movie? Somebody somebody wrote me an email about it, and I looked it up. Mm. I appreciate that. Darius Olupus says, this is how they always take power, claim it's for the children. I'm starting to think when we accepted Nazi refugees that instead of them being barred from controlling polls, they are now controlling it and use the same tactic tactics. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it. It wasn't just a lie. It was the old, uh, it was straight to the someone think of the children, Helen Lovejoy argument. Uh, I wonder if that's tactical. Yeah. yeah, that's I mean, Sotomayor is a great example of is this a tactical person or is this a complete moron? It's really hard moron. to tell. It, yeah, no, it, it, got to be right. But you I can control know, morons and positions of power. So perhaps it's it's both. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Disturbed 2K7. Sup, party people. Served in the Navy for six plus years as a third gen sailor. sailor. Unelected VP comparing um, 1-6 with Pearl Harbor is fucking absolute cancer. They can eat a dick. Also blonde looking fat. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, thank Thanks. you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, this is absurd and very offensive to people that have actually uh, done things like that. Uh, yeah, I... I, I I must have missed that in the testimony as far as the guy who said, um, well, I was more afraid of, in Iraq. I remember we went through the testimony because remember there was that one officer who said one of them looked me in the eyes and called me the N word. <laughs> but yeah. he actually said he said the hard R and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember that testimony and I remember the guy banging on the table. Respect me. Respect me. Yeah. But I don't remember anybody saying I was more afraid. Um, sorry, I might have said it backward in, earlier. Capital, I was yeah. more afraid at the Capitol than I was in Iraq. I also don't. Yeah. I don't know how many people, I, I, maybe there are more in the Capitol police force who have, um, military experiences, specifically, uh, military deployment experience in a, in a war zone. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many that of them there are, but I can't imagine that's a common opinion. And that's not to, again, crimes were committed. There was a lot of general physical rowdiness. There were a lot of assaults, but, as far as what goes on in Afghanistan or Iraq, it's not just like, uh, you know, a it's guy not came children and getting their hit. limbs blown off, you yeah. know, and by an IED. This is this is absurd. This is not comparable. It's offensive to people that have served in these countries. There's, you know who else is offended by Joe Biden is all the knights of the medieval era. Medieval combat. You haven't seen any of our injuries, man. Like You don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I survived getting a sword through the frontal lobe. Yeah. Arrow yeah. to the knee, you know, all yeah. the horrible injuries. Irish Nat, hearing the elected officials recant all their victim myths, we can take some solace knowing that American manufacturing is still alive and well. <laughs> yes. Hmm. N-word faggot says, Bob was nimble. Bob was quick. Bob make Kimmy Gibbler suck his toes. <sighs> Ugh. Rest in peace, Mr. Tanner. Oof. Oof. I like to believe that that set was as wholesome as the show. Nobody can bastardize Full House in my mind. Oh, the Olsen twins were doing cocaine. You know it. There was uh have you ever seen the t-shirt? Um, not that I endorse the wearing of it, but there's a t-shirt out there, a, a famous hilarious, a famous offensive t-shirt. Uh, the t-shirt is I banged the Olsen twins before they were famous. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's terrible. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's still out there somewhere. Luke Gibson yeah. recovering from the coof and seeing how much I hate authority arguments. I vow right here, or right now to never use the sentence speaking as someone who had COVID. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do that sometimes, but I've had COVID. We're not that bad. Natural, uh, uh, natural immunity. Doesn't count though. Lizzie. Hi, blonde amount. A couple months ago, I introduced my boyfriend to y'all and you asked when he was going to pop the question. And well, he did. And I said, yes, blonde, you look beautiful as always. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's so great. Excellent. And I like to believe that we pressured him into the correct decision. I hope so. Now have a baby. 
Yes. Sean McVay, New York prosecutor. We can't meet the burden of proof at trial. Binger, that never stopped me. Yeah, that's true. Since when has that stopped any of these politically motivated people? Yep. Um, Robin D. Banks, patriarchy for the wins. Soon all the women's top ranked athletes will be XY chromosome having persons. Well done, feminists. You did it. Yay. I know. Uh, Robin D. Banks also, uh, imagine being told it's safe and effective for the past year, taking the J&J and then being told a year later that's not recommended because it might be dangerous for you. Yeah. Oof. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Logan Orr dug up my biggest gold nugget the other day. Quick take uh, some of my money before I waste all of it on booze and motorcycles. Mm. Well, thank <laughs> okay. you. Appreciate it. Darius Lupus. By the way, be aware Tim Pool was swatted. If it was people with a political agenda, they may do it to you guys. Too. Yeah. It's fine. Well, that's something I've, that under, we have thought control. about. And I won't speak to the specifics of my you know, broadcasting location, of course. But one of the first things that we did, we've told the story before we got involved in this. I went and talked down, uh, talked to the sheriff. This is actually Dar- after Daryl Lamont Jenkins, after he had threatened. Mm-hmm. So like, listen, we talk on the Internet and there are people who would like to deploy law enforcement against us. So if you get a call about this address, um, call this number or inquire with these people about the legitimacy of that claim before sending the SWAT team. And the response from Gallatin County Sheriff was, well, we don't even have a SWAT team. So um, that's a, that's a, that's a bonus for me. <laughs> yeah. But they, they are aware at least um, here. That, I did. That if, yeah. I did the same yeah. with the Coraline police. Uh, Dad M. Matt and I never made love because that would be gay. But did you hear about Jack Murphy? Oh, I forgot about that story. I guess it's fizzled out. It's over. Kirby. Is it finally D- done? Is or is there more? We we don't have any don't Jack know. Murphy updates. I lost interest, so huh. it's over for me. <laughs> Kirby D. The unrest in Kazakhstan will disrupt future Russian Chinese rail and pipelines, but nobody suspects Biden CIA. How how brilliant is that? That's the other thing about um all of these issues that are actually non issues, like the Capitol riots. What um what foreign disputes? Are they overriding in the news cycle that we should be paying attention to, but nobody gives a crap? Yeah. Because they're paying attention to stupid stuff like the like the capital rights that don't matter. Electric Ninja, the day has come where nine people dressed as wizards get together and decide your personal health choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tim Hammond, Hammond. Um, from all I've read, sorry, I made your name sound Muslim. Hammond. Uh <laughs> From all I've read, kids not being in school is having a negative impact on education. Do you have hope that colleges will be less left because red states that aren't closed will have higher admissions? That hasn't even occurred to me. Well, that's an interesting theory. I wonder if something like that will play. I, I think that um, just in general, higher education, that that bubble is going to burst pretty violently. Spectacularly. I can't yeah. believe it hasn't happened yet. So I, um, I think that there's going to have to be something of a the level of indoctrination and, and and self-righteousness that exists on these campuses, they will have to fail so drastically before they will, yeah. they will ever consider their own faults. And it's not that there aren't still good schools out there um, that aren't just simply indoctrination camps. And it's not that maybe you can't find that in a red state, but, um, but even in you know red states, you still talk in general, these college campuses are highly subsidized. They have a lot of public money backing them. They don't really have to be market um, responsive as they exist right now, even if they live, even if they exist in a red place. Yeah. So I just, uh, I think it's going to take such a drastic failure before they turn around, before it'd be even reliable to, to have something of a, um, a more reliable education in a red state. It's going to, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take total collapse. It's, it's kind of a silver lining, though. It could happen. I just, 
I just think that as it exists now, it's going to have to be drastically restructured before anything productive actually comes out of it. Well, nobody's going to be able to pay back their student loans, so maybe that'll that'll be it. Uh, Trapped to the world. Drinking six glasses of water a day is indisputably good for your health. Dehydrated people consume resources that could go to others. Government still has no authority to mandate drinking water. Oh, but they will. It's clearly the the best policy, says Elena Kagan. Drink six glasses of water a day. Clearly the best policy. Therefore, OSHA would be fully justified in Mm -hmm. mandating it. Exactly. Semper Ad Melior. More children die from drowning every year than from COVID. We must ban all water fountains in schools. <laughs> Trapped to the world. This policy is irrational because Supreme Court justices and OSHA bureaucrats have limited knowledge and can't even keep track of how many children have been hospitalized or what the Tenth Amendment is. See Hayek's fatal conceit. Um, yeah, that's that's also true. Uh it's not just that they shouldn't be informing their decisions with with this kind of information uh, and that the information isn't factual. Uh, that makes their policy irrational as well. Yeah. So well, I see it, what you're it, saying. The whole premise of her question is, as long as the dictator is rational, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> One, as though there's an objective definition of rational and you can't have varying shades of rationality that could plausibly be defended. But two, um, yeah. as though that's the only the only question at stake in this case. Well, if it's rational, end of inquiry. No, mm-hmm. no. It could be perfectly rational. It's still unconstitutional. Exactly. Uh, yes, the eunuch. The SCOTUS idiocy is proof that our government is staffed entirely by morally bankrupt simpletons. Keep that in mind going forward. We're smarter than them and survival favors the cunning. That's true. You do, do only need a small minority of highly competent, intelligent white people uh, <laughs> to be able to overthrow even the most despotic government. So Hal <laughs> Edwards, Justice Sotomayor checked all the right boxes. So qualifications aren't important. I know diabetic, fat Mexican check, check, check. I, I think that, I think that that was exactly how her confirmation went. Those were the qualifications listed in the hearing. Exactly. Connor Miles. To be fair, the SCOTUS arguments on Friday gave me some hope. I could definitely be a better SCOTUS justice than any of the liberal ones. Time to get a law degree from some online university. I'm sure you're, uh, you'll just get right in there. Uh, yeah. Um, Esoterica Unbound. Along with my napping, my COVID-19 has resulted in a vision quest, a.k.a. Mm. days-long binge of the show Longmire. There's a boomer joke in there, but it may be too subtle for the millennial mind. Anyway, this has tempered my obsession with adventures of Cuckleberry Flynn, I was having trouble letting go of that story since it confirmed my belief he's a poser his ost- with his ostentatious, ostentatious face for being one indicator thereof. Um, yeah. Wait, who's that a reference to? Now I'm confused. Jack Murphy. He's Cuckleberry. F- Why is he Flynn? I don't know. I thought for a second I was thinking Michael Flynn. I like that. That's but funny. then the beard reference, I'm like, okay, it's not him. <laughs> Cuckleberry Flynn. Cuckleberry Flynn. That one's over my head. Um, Connor Miles, standard left-wing tactic. Mass formation psychosis doesn't exist because we've defined it out of existence. Yeah. Just like how men and women don't exist because we define that out of existence. Exactly. Tim Del Vecchio, um, thank you for the donation. Uh, Son of the Wolf, Washington State Health is deciding on the 12th this month if you're going to start using the police force to or the police to forcibly remove people from their homes for quarantine and forced vax. Mrs. and I are planning to move. Should they do it? What a disaster. Mm. Seriously? Mm. 
Yeah, Washington State, I mean, that's another, a lot of states are like it, but it's a, a whole bunch of sensible people under the insane tyranny of Seattle and the entire I-5 corridor, really. But, man, that's... That's outrageous. Yeah. Wham Bam Dawson says, just FYI, we didn't give up our guns in Australia. I own a Glock 19 and a 308 bolt action. That's that's good. You're going to... You're gonna need I would it. hang on to those, but that's the yeah, trouble. And real. I don't, I'm not an expert on Australia's gun laws. So you know, take my observations with a grain of salt. But as far as I understand, even to have those things, you have to jump through insane regulatory hoops. Um, crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, in, including they have oversight over the storage in your home. You have to have it in a right. safe, so in a certain way. So if they come to check, you just have to pretend that you're cleaning your gun or something. You're, you're out, you're, you have it out to shoot rabbits or whatever you're allowed to yeah. do with your guns. The whole um, thing is absurd. So, you know, it, it, they may be obtainable. They are not obtainable enough, but <laughs> that's just my opinion as a, you know, a redneck American, unsophisticated, of course. Um, Godspeed with those weapons and uh, keep them handy. Semperad Meliora. Just FYI, James Smith, who was the chairman of Thomson Reuters until 2020, is on the board of Pfizer and is also part of the World Economic Forum. Nothing to see here. Hmm. I wonder if Computing Forever has covered that. He probably has. Check him out on BitChute. God, that that guy is still killing it. Incompetent Hands 30. My dad loved Reservoir Dogs. He told me uh, best to keep the women out of it. He loved the thing (laughs) for the same reason. They sure don't make them like they used to. I'm referring, of course, to dads. I loved the thing. I guess I hadn't thought about that, that they are both um, all male effectively. There's like a Oh, I thought he meant out of the viewing audience. Ah. There's, isn't there, there is a chick in the thing, isn't there? No. If there is, it's a very minor character. I think there's basically a waitress in Reservoir Dogs and that's it. And the chick that shot uh, Mr. Orange. Oh yeah. Yeah. The car, the woman they try to carjack. That's right. If someone's trying to carjack, they do you just carjack. Give them your car. Yeah. It's like, why, why did she, would she shoot him? Um, Synergy Force, Pastor Harry Carey or How I Learned to Stop Wearing and Embrace the Catholic Hate Mob. We know that because we've seen Dr. Strangelove now. Thank you. Brandon Lesko. Abandon NFL and start watching and start participating in two-gun and three-gun tournaments. Mm. It's probably a better idea. Yeah, you could combine um, the appreciation of sport and competition with practical firearm knowledge and skill. Yeah. Uh, I I, I assume I've never – I don't really watch competitive shooting. So I assume there are places that I could view that, um, but I've never really done that. So maybe I'll have to check it out. Uh, Joe Davis, LGBTQ coin wouldn't fit on the NASCAR, so it was shortened to LGB yeah. coin. Carner Vaughn, thank you for the donation. Uh, jail In Florida, I think I gave you. AOC the You're Rona. I got it in Texas, came back to Florida and banged her in the hotel room. Her boyfriend <laughs> paid me to do it so he could watch. The chest isn't worth it. Oh, I'm Gross. very sorry oh. to hear. Wow. Deceptive, apparently. Bear tanks. Time to get to know and support your local farmer. That's uh, true. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Hector Muniz says, Blonde, while you were pregnant with your firstborn, if a decision came where you or your child would be sacrificed for the other, would you give your life for your child? Reddit said wife mm. only. Yeah, of course. Of course. How could I live with myself if I didn't? Yeah, it's uh, man, it, how how I have no idea how common of a scenario that actually is. Is that a thing that actually happens where you you're presented with that situation? Do this. It's like we either have to kill your kid or you die. Uncommon. It, it, it happens periodically, 
but I was so worried about it when I was pregnant. Um, you know, they, they default to saving the mother. And so when I got to the hospital, I was like telling my midwife and my husband, I was like, listen, if something happens and you have to save me or the baby, you save the baby. And, you know, mm. everyone's like, okay, but the, it's, it's policy that they save the mother, like save the baby. Yeah. I guess, and I guess I didn't think about the default either. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, a, something that you want to think about before the entire process, just in case of the insanely rare circumstance in which it's a decision yeah. that actually has to be made. Yep. Um, the tech priest, uh, shame. We can't enjoy a good public viewing of a short drop and a sudden stop killing a begging woman with her own weapon is deserving of much worse. Sorry. Messed up my first super chat. Enjoy the extra money. We can send it back to you. If you would like Just shoot us an email. Yeah. And thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Majorison says the boys were just showing their support for black marks matter. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they definitely put them down. They were very clearly dark, dark black. Pretty yep. good burnouts, I got to say. They then, you know, they were, yeah. Anyway, carry good on. for them. Yeah. Uh, Esoteric Unbound. Brandon Tatum's presence at the swatting uh, was ironic. One reason such events can occur is the legal theory supported by Tatum that any reasonable fear by a cop justifies extrajudicial execution. Hmm. <laughs> but there is a that there is irony in that. Well, it, I got to reload this. And it's cer- exigent circumstances as a concept in Fourth Amendment law. I mean. Clearly, there are emergencies, I think, where police have they have to investigate crimes in action that are potentially dangerous and or deadly. I don't know that the idea of exigent circumstances ought to be thrown out completely. And I'm not saying Tatum saying that Um, I'm just trying to defend the cops in this case as much as possible. If they have reason to believe that there's a murder suicide in progress, Um, I to me, I think that the answer on the law of this is to is exceptionally harsh punishment for the people who actually made the call. The question then becomes how easy are they to identify? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the answer to that. Like but in, they can, the, they can track our entire histories um, and everything that we're doing online. They can't find somebody that swatted somebody else. It's like, get yeah. some Snowden type guy on this and let's find out who did this. Yeah. Now in the case of Tim and Tim's case too, he posted a call. And again, if you want the information, go to Tim, don't take it from me because I've seen scattered information on Twitter. But he did post a call, a recording of a call among the police that seemed to suggest or they the police were discussing with each other. Oh, yeah, this guy's doing some kind of political talk show. I'm not sure this is actually legit, but we have to go investigate it. So the police were saying, yeah, we have reason to doubt the authenticity of this murder suicide story. We're going to have to go check it out regardless. Two ways to interpret that. Did they overstep their authority and actually entering his property or were they just doing their due diligence, never intending to kick down doors and be abusive and start shooting people. They probably people, were just doing to. their due diligence. And then yeah. the thing about swatting is they can only do it one time on this property. They, they can't, yeah, this is not a, a they, they can't continue to do it. It's not going to be effective. Yeah. It's not so they kind of shot their wad and nobody's going to be the able to swat Tim The other question is, this. Tim is notoriously tight-lipped about the location of this property, as you would expect him to be. It stands to reason that someone knows like that information was leaked or someone knows they got someone. a rat you know tying it back to um the st- the big major story there was speculation that it's somehow related to jack murphy or jack murphy fans which i didn't get because i thought the whole controversy was about elijah and sydney yeah. watson's show what it would have to do with tim pool was tim pool critical of him or something i don't know he w- jack murphy went on tim pool's show subsequently and oh lambasted sydney watson or something i the see whole okay that's the connection um, it's actually Brandon Tatum, and then he got shot in the stomach, and he was like, I'm the cop. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm an yes. undercover police officer. Yeah, that, that's how it all played out. Um, Holden Mulray, a rhetorical question. How can the left simultaneously argue, one, America's strength is immigration, two, anything we adopt from immigrants is cultural appropriation, honest question, pancakes or waffles? Uh, that mm. is a really good point. Um, waffles all day, every day. I'm not very partial, but if I had to pick, probably waffles, just because the pockets in the waffle are so much more absorbent of all the mm. toppings. And yeah. I think waffles tend to stay that nice level of, I'm not saying I want them crispy, but you know, just that little, little kind of crisp. Of, yeah. You don't want them soggy. Yeah, and yeah, waffles, I, I think, hold the crisp factor a little bit better. Um, let's see. Esoteric Unbound. Due to its emotional impact, Full Metal Jacket really needs to be watched twice. The first time I saw it, I found it oppressively dark. The next time I was able to enjoy how hilarious and deep it was. I will only watch it one time. That, I, I, well, I did break that rule for, uh, for it's that time of night. What's the Harrison Ford movie I hated? Blade Runner. I watched it twice. I watched the two different oh, versions. Right. Oh, I it. skipped some. Oh, oh yeah. J-Dog, New York and Washington trying to pass law for COVID camps for unvaccinated. We'll see about that. I won't be shocked to hear. Like I said, I won't be shocked. That to hear will be saying, the final straw. Will it? <laughs> I don't listen. They're only taking my kid to day camp. Okay. He's yeah. My kid back. will be back. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, the facilities are immaculate too. I mean, awesome activities so for nice. the kids. Yeah. Swimming pools and uh flatibo. Is that how you say that? Um, Reservoir Dogs is based on the post-robbery falling out amongst the crooks in the 1987 Hong Kong flick City on Fire. Tarantino just built a whole movie out of a small part of another movie. That's lame. Lame. I suppose. Esoterica Unbound. Due to its emotional impact, I just read that. Uh, Himney P, Jimney P. Gun ownership in Australia is possible, but the laws are written to disincentivize it by making the process as inconvenient and as painful as possible but hmm. people should do it if they can no matter how difficult it is because when that the time comes and you need those guns you'll be yeah. so grateful that you have them yeah chris buckley blonde do you ever get tired of hearing you're beautiful say something art appreciation like i uh i like that episode your class really shines through you know this is a no simping zone but i'm 34 so i'll take it and wow. i appreciate it. and do i ever tire of hearing of it no especially now that I'm old. So shower me with compliments I do not deserve. <laughs> I think that's the last one. Uh, all right. Let's check in on Tippy stream. Um, we do have a couple of, um, no, or one note over on D live, a fetter mephitis. Again, I apologize for surely mispronouncing the name death penalty, hundred percent effective addressing recidivism. Uh, is that true? I don't know. If, I assume that's probably been studied. Um, well, uh, of course it is because you're dead, so you can't commit any more crimes. <laughs> I suppose the end result is awfully effective. But yeah. I, just, mm -hmm. I assume he means as a deterrent for repeat offenders. Like, do, yeah. as in, I'm not oh, going to What you're saying crime. is like not the, sub, not the subject right. that's been. No, no. What I mean subsequent. is like pr prospective repeat criminal fears prospect of death uh, penalty and stops committing. Um, he stops committing crimes before he's executed. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that one really went over Skag's head. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, may, um, well, I guess. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Was I that just he, an was elaborate joke? joke or was he yeah. being sincere about the deterrent stopping people from committing crimes? I don't know. I think he's joking. 
Well, hard to hard to argue with the matter of fact, I suppose. Thank you for catching me on that one. That one definitely would have gone over my head. Knuckle Hunky Box says, poor Alec Baldwin. It's tough to be the victim of January 6th style attacks, but Ashley Babbitt was the victim of an Alec Baldwin style attack on January 6th, <laughs> yeah. which some might say is worse. You know, Knuckle Hunky Box, always bring in the A-grade super chats. Uh, appreciate it, man. Incompetent Hand says, Matt, regarding the NFL... Uh, it takes all of us campaign. It take all, it takes all of us to what blitz. I found out this season has nothing to do with the race. Um, it's about mental health, but it was used when Stafford's wife had brain surgery. Google it. Well, uh, that's the thing Go with on. all their mantras though. And I know they do their, like they do their veteran month and they do their breast cancer awareness month. That's the thing about these mantras. They mean nothing and they can apply to anything. It yeah. takes all of us to address insert problem. I mean, it works just as well for racism as it does for brain cancer or whatever, whatever cause they have. So they're getting yeah. all the immigrants out of this country. <laughs> it takes all of us to man the uh, the it really say- doesn't. It takes five percent of the of a competent. Yeah. I said it before uh, of a well-organized, intelligent, competent, certain homogenous segment of the population could take care of all these problems. It's um, I always say catapult, but it's trebuchet, right? That's 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 the term. That's the piece of equipment that you want to use. I the trebuchet. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Phil says, um, I always thought Ben Shapiro had the most annoying voice <laughs> out there, out of. But Elena Kagan really, t- really takes the yeah. matzo balls. OK, the people, <laughs> people who force these um, these hysterical people onto us uh, need to be brought to justice. Well. Why I never, um, yeah, I do, think, I do think uh, you're an asshat. Elena Kagan is uh, difficult to listen to. I will grant your point. Silly Dingus says I'm sick of media talking about the unvaccinated as if it's uh, synonymous with infected. According to the stats from 2018, the average 25 year old is four times more likely to die from choking on food than yeah. Cooties 19. God help us all. You're right that they have just kind of conflated that that unvaccinated is meant to imply actively carrying possibly infectious virus. That was another thing yeah. that Sotomayor said that I didn't even have time to get into. She she said, well, if people are out there just spewing virus everywhere, why can't they be regulated like machines? Well, for one, they have constitutional rights that machines don't yeah. have. But, um, but yeah, like as though if you don't submit to all of these ridiculous mandates that you're just out there like some kind of Corona volcano, just spreading this everywhere. Um, no, it's obviously not the case. How do people live with this degree of fear? I don't know. It's got to be exhausting and just uh, it's got to be miserable. Knuckle Hunky Buck says the fourth reason to leave your house is in Australia is to revolt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's going to be a new reason to leave your home very shortly. However, it's still much too late, I will say. And I, you know, I, I say that as someone who probably has not resisted in my own country enough either. I know it's not easy. I'm not saying that with scorn. Um or, or any kind of uh, dismissive attitude. It's just, man, when you got people telling you, here, here's the list of the three reasons you can leave your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's grab the musket boy time. And um, I say that defensively, of course, Susan. Um, Xander says, the fact that we have a 6-3 advantage on the SCOTUS and don't know how they'll vote shows why we always lose. I can guarantee that if Dems had a 6-3 advantage, they would always vote in favor of Democrats. Yeah, and that's... Um, I mean, there are ways to look at that. Is it, does it put you at a political disadvantage? Yeah. And I I won't deny that. Is it a total bastardization of the purpose of the Supreme court? Yes. And I, I I don't want to, 
if the Supreme Court is just another mini Congress, it's a fight I don't even want to participate in. There's no point in that because those people aren't yeah. even elected. They don't even have accountability to the public. If that's the state of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court actually should be dismantled because that's that's a that that's a. A collection of nine wizards, as was previously referenced, with way too much political power and, a- and absolutely zero accountability to the people. That's that's ripe for abuse. That can't stand. Yep. So I wouldn't be interested in even winning that fight. That's just a uh, screw this. Um, it needs to be rebuilt into something else. No Guardy says uh, Congress isn't supposed to decide whether I'm allowed to grow my own wheat and feed my cows or to feed my cows. But that doesn't stop Wickard versus Filburn from making the whole new deal, quote unquote, legal. SCOTUS has been uh, political for 240 years. And thank God for Alito and Thomas. Well, we're going to find out. And, um, and I'm not actually super familiar with the, uh, the legal challenges to the new deal, but I'll have to check it out. We're certainly going to find out exactly how political this institution is in the coming days. And, you know, I, Again, even if it goes the way I fully expect it, which is something in the neighborhood of 6354 against Biden's mandate in a constitutional world, this is a one sentence, maybe a one word nine zero decision that just says no. See yeah. Amendment 10 if you want to have a footnote. <laughs> no footnote. See Amendment 10. Yeah. yeah. That shouldn't decision. really be that difficult. But now we know that the court is corruptible. So isn't isn't that where the power lies? Uh, in I the grew court up thinking- specifically? No, in the, in the in the no, in the faith of the Supreme Court. Mm. I grew up thinking it was an, an incorruptible force; that it was a check on other elements that were more easily corruptible in the in the government. Um, and now we know that that's not true. So, do yes. they have any power to legislate from the bench? Do, I mean, can they can they really do this? Well, it's it's nine people, just like anything else. So it's of course corruptible, but. That was part of the check on the Supreme Court was it wasn't supposed to have the say over the states that it has that, that it has, just has yeah. adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a problem, too. And we just have nine nine wizard people who know better than we do who can tell us what to do. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a big week for that institution. And again, even the best case scenario is still one that is disappointing from a pure constitutionalist perspective. Yeah. So uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck also says my favorite offensive T-shirt says love him or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true. This is not an endorsement of the T-shirt. A T-shirt that says "Love him or hate him, Hitler killed a lot of Jews." That's <laughs> that's a true statement. Well, <laughs> love him or hate him, there's no denying. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Put that one with the uh, the Olsen twin T-shirt as well. Okay. Uh, T-shirts to our inbox incoming. Yeah, I suppose. Hopefully, because I can't order that online. But somebody that has stage four cancer can, and then they can (laughs) send it to our P.O. box. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Maybe. We're good Uh, on Tippy Stream. We're good on D-Live. Jacob Villa. Hey, Matt. uh, Regarding treating people like they're diseased, I work in HIM. And they're coming out with updates for international classification of diseases this April. One new medical code is Z28310 unvaccinated for COVID-19. Interesting. Is that so is that a medical code as in like a diagnostic code or what is what is no, that code? No, it's just going to be a, a way to organize us so that they know. I see. Just to classify patients, basically. Why can't we just lie? Well, Because I've know. said it on the Internet now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? 
Yeah, I think we're good. Thanks, right. guys. Well, thank you guys, as always, for hanging out with us. Appreciate all the live chatters and super chatters. Um, and uh, if you're listening later on demand, thank you as well for uh, for tuning in. If you'd like more of the show to listen to, you can find extra material, including the call-in show replays. We have Blonde's interviews. We have some additional content over on the audio platforms. They're linked in the description and on uh, the website. Again, that's mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find everything else show-related, whether you just want to find the show or you want to see the merch store or you want to send us a message or you want to read the movie reviews, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's all over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday sorry Chuck Todd it's not meet the press it is the Matt and Blonde show have a great night <laughs>